podcast. I got I got Corey Tullaba with me along with Nick Ayer Johnson, somebody else who's also helping me. But essentially, we, we got the three hosts of the stream on it at one time. Now, now I really don't know what's going to happen. There's there's rumblings between two different reporters that this pick is potentially on the move. The the Houston pick is potentially going to Dallas. Proposed trade going back to Dallas. Going going back to Dallas potentially. Okay. I, I I don't I don't listen. I don't know what's going on. I don't make the rules, Nick. There's a, there's a pick <laughs> being made. We're about to find out who the 26th pick is. We're gonna see in a second. I, I think Adam Silver's even a little shaken up. He doesn't even know what to say on the on the stage here. So we're gonna find out who the player is. It's Wendell Moore Jr. Wendell Moore Jr. Okay. is okay. pick at 26. So whether it's Dallas, whether it's Houston, it looks like it is Dallas who is key, who's keeping this pick. Wendell Moore Jr. in Dallas, guys. That's that's an interesting fit. Wait, Minnesota. Wait a Minnesota's acquiring the pick. Looks like Minnesota's acquiring the pick. Oh my From goodness. Houston, All via right. the Christian Wood trade with Dallas. Let's add another four teams onto this before the end of the night. Let's see. If yeah, really. Let's just, like, let's just like swap all these picks around like five more times. We already have the, the Minnesota pick that we have to account for now at 29. So so Minnesota just keeps wheeling and dealing tonight. No, nobody can track what's going on with Minnesota, but they get Wendell Moore Jr. That that's an interesting pick for them on the wing. I think they need some wing depth. They need a little bit more shooting. Nick, what what, what are your immediate thoughts about Wendell Moore now going to Minnesota? You know, I didn't have him as a first-round guy personally, but I think this move makes a lot of sense for them. I mean, he's a versatile forward. He can potentially shoot. He can pass pretty well. The defense, I think, will come around sooner rather than later at the NBA level. It's hard to judge just because I don't know what exactly they're giving up to get this pick. So, you know, that's that's one part of the equation, certainly. But, you know, again, I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense for Minnesota. This depends on, you know, what they have to give up to get here. Corey, I'm glad that I actually have you on with me because you've, out of all of us here at No Ceilings, you've seen Duke in person the most. So you're yeah. probably the best one equipped to talk about Wendell Moore. From from you seeing him up close, being able to evaluate his game, do you think he's ready to step in and help a playoff team like Minnesota is going to continue to try to be not only just get back to where they were last year, but keep climbing the ranks of the Western Conference? I do think that he could step in and play – some minutes as a rookie. I don't think that he's going to be a 30 minute per game guy, but the games that I saw in person, Wendell Moore was really impactful, you know, and, and he'll kind of be going through just doing him running the offense, not going, you know, super crazy, trying to get his own, just being the, a, a team player. And then out of nowhere, he's making like a game impacting, you know, chase down block or, you know, he's knocking down a huge three. So I think that when you look at the modern NBA, like Wendell Moore's got the size, he's got the length, he's got the versatility. Uh, it's not shocking to me at all that he is gone in the first round here. And, you know, that makes four Duke guys going in the first round now at this point. And it was apparent when you watch them, these are guys that were uber talented. And uh, when you're looking at more, you know, specifically, 
the way that he fit in around, you know, Paulo, who was a star player, the way that, you know, he was able to involve his teammates, not dominate the ball, still pick his spots with all of those ball handlers. When you're playing off of guys like Carl Anthony Towns, perhaps D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, you need to be able to fit in and contribute in ways that don't involve you going out, getting yourself a bucket. And that's what I think Wendell Moore can provide for that team. So multiple reasons why I like Wendell Moore here to sort of ties back to, to the same thing, both parts, but really when Wendell Moore's on the court, he's either going to be a catch and shoot guy, or he's going to take over some secondary ball handling opportunities, probably from, you know, if, if a team's going to try to develop a ball handler like Anthony Edwards, get him some more on ball reps and playmaking reps. When, when Anthony Edwards gets himself in those situations, those play types, and he needs to bail, he needs, he needs somebody to bail him out. One of the is a guy who can bail him out, right? Well, one of the more catches the ball, he can either shoot it quick or he can make something happen, you know, rip it off and then ultimately go either make a play for himself or make a play for somebody else. He can keep the ball moving, keep the offense going. So that's a reason why I like it. And then even just apart from Anthony Edwards, there's play finishers in other positions too, right? You mentioned D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell is another guy who can catch and shoot. We mentioned Carl Anthony Towns, really good pick and pop guy. Walker Kessler, who they're getting as part of that trade. Another guy who can catch those lobs, finish around the basket. So there are pieces around Wendell Moore for the minutes that he is able to play on the court to help bring out the best version of Wendell Moore. And that's the reason why I think it works. So that's Minnesota. Three out of the four teams left making selections here at the end of the first round. They're who we would consider contenders, right? We have Miami at pick 27. We have Golden State at pick 28. We got Denver at pick 30. We'll have Minnesota again sandwiched in there at 29. They're showing a guy on the screen, Corey. One of our guys, Jane Hardy, has not been selected. I, I asked, I asked the two guys before you if any either of them had on the bingo card Dyson Daniels and Marjan Beauchamp going ahead of Jane Hardy. Did you did you have that on your bingo card? Are you surprised? Uh obviously I thought that Dyson was gonna go ahead of Hardy. I never quite bought into Hardy being a lottery guy in this class. Sure. Especially once guys like Jalen Williams enter the conversation, Dalen Terry, you know, all of a sudden you start pushing uh, Jaden down. I think where I landed ultimately was like the separation between like uh, Malachi Branham and Jaden Hardy wasn't really that much for me. And I thought they would go in a similar range. And I guess you can, you know, I mean, if, if Jaden goes soon, I guess you could say that it's a fairly similar range towards the end of the first round, but look, the guy was, you know, he was inefficient. Um, and who knows what kind of role he wants to play in the NBA. I think he has NBA skills. He's talented, you know, at, at the beginning of the year, a scout told me he doesn't know what he doesn't know, but he's got a lot of talent. So he's certainly a guy that could end up being a value play the later that, he gets drafted. I mean, if he ends up in the second round, obviously that turns into a situation where you can get him on a, a contract that could be ultra beneficial. But for a guy who doesn't play, who doesn't need the ball to thrive, you know, you would think that a team would take a shot on that scoring upside output yeah. pedigree. But a team has not taken that shot on Patrick Baldwin Jr. They have not taken that shot on Peyton Watson. Uh, they haven't taken a shot on pedigree yet. You know, it's it's more production based. So I, I'm conflicted on whether or not he is actually uh, dropping in a, a crazy fashion or maybe this is the kind of range based on his year that he's supposed to go in. 
We're going to go over the Miami pick. I'll kick it to Nick in a second. Before we say who Miami picked, I do want to add an addendum from Kevin Black, producer. Minnesota is sending Houston the 29th pick and two future seconds for Wendell Moore at 26. So the pick's actually 29 is now going to be Houston instead of Minnesota. So it looks like the Miami Heat selection is in. Oh, Nick, it's perfect for you to be on the stream. It's your guy, Nikola Jovich. Jovich is my guy. Yeah. He didn't go to Denver. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think given that Miami is taking him here, clearly they think that he can improve his defense because man, <laughs> if he can't defend in Miami, he's not going to get much playing time. No, I mean, I've been the guy who's been higher on Jovich than everybody else on the No Ceilings crew basically since the start of the year. And, you know, I've acknowledged that there are definitely some defensive concerns. There are definitely some concerns about his ability to get to the rim at the NBA level, you know, concerns about his first step. But ultimately for me, I really, really buy into the playmaking with him. I think with Miami, he's going to be someone who's going to move the ball around, you know, get it to their best players. I think I also buy into the shot more than most people. And ultimately at this point in the draft at 27 overall, Miami's taking a chance on a 6'11 guy who can pass and shoot and, you know, that's the kind of player that can be a solid rotation player if he can be anything other than atrocious on the defensive end. And, you know, if he hits his absolute sure. upside, if he hits his absolute upside, then this is an absolute steal for Miami at 27. So, again, I acknowledge the concerns with Jovic that everybody else at No Ceilings has, but I think 27 to Miami is a really solid spot for him to end up in. I think that if he's going to be at least a decent slash not too terrible defender. Miami's one of the best spots for him to develop into that kind of player. And again, if he hits his upside, this is going to look a, a steal for Miami at 27th overall. Corey, my question for you about Jovich is, is he a heat culture guy? What do you think the answer to that question is? Uh, I think that the heat culture is about working hard and having a little you know, uh, something, something to you, a little be, you know, badass in you. And I think he has that, um, a little bit. He's confident, uh, and he's certainly talented. I think also heat culture, they kind of, uh, there's something about these tall shooters that, you know, can create their own shot a little bit, but, uh, at the end of the day, like just off ball threats, uh, in a multitude of ways. So I, I do think that, he hits that part of heat culture. I mean, I'm a little confused about the pick because it, it seems to me, why take a guy like Yo- Jovic who has probably similar concerns to what you just watched Duncan Robinson go through in the playoffs, where even if he becomes an adequate defender in the regular season, the, the playoffs are an entirely different animal and it's going to take, uh, a pretty good amount of time in my opinion for him to develop enough defensively to be able to hang um on that end i, I do think you know having bam backing you up certainly helps your cases you know but yes it does uh, it's a confusing yeah. pick for me because uh i mean ej liddell's still on the board i i think he is that's the, that's the guy. slide that has shocked me yeah oh, i i was gonna say that ej liddell not going so far in this draft is shocking to me i thought that Clearly, he was going to end up going to Chicago. I mean, is he going to go to Golden State? Is that where he's going to end up? Oh, yes. If he ends up going to Golden State with this pick, then we can pencil in a future All Star (laughs) appearance for EJ Liddell. (laughs) Just just write it in pen at this point. I mean, come on. Like, I can't at this point in the draft with who's still on the board. I mean, Nick, can you, is there anyone else that you can throw out as being a better fit? Like, I think he'd, he'd probably have to be the guy, right? 
for Golden State, I don't I don't see anyone else on the board that I would consider picking here other other than EJ Liddell. I mean, man, I don't know. The fact that he's fallen this far is makes me wonder if there's some kind of concern that all of us missed. But you know, with EJ Liddell, I mean, I would have taken Jovic ahead of him for Miami at 27. So maybe I'm not the person to make that argument. But there, you know, basically everybody from Chicago onward, I'm surprised that they didn't end up taking EJ Liddell. I mean, especially with David Roddy ended up being the pick at 23. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that he would have fallen a lot further than EJ Liddell. So I don't know. It's it's shocking to me. You know, it doesn't seem like EJ is someone who would have had terrible interviews either. So no, we've heard the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I was, exactly. I was just going to say that, like, Corey, like, we're not reporters, right? That's not what we do here at No Ceilings, but we do talk to people. We know people. We get a little bit of intel. And the buzz that we had heard leading up to the draft was that Liddell was more likely to be a top 20 guy than certainly where he's at right now was potentially trending towards the lottery. And now all of a sudden you see him sliding down the first round, possibly. I mean, he's very close to falling out of the first round going in the second. Is there is there anything you think is causing that slide? game-wise that maybe you could talk about? Or you think it's probably other stuff that we just don't know? Honestly, I, I don't know. Now, I, I want to say I'm not like – I'm not super shocked. I'm a little shocked because okay. probably the guy I trust most, you know, my, my number one, you know, Intel guy, uh, we were talking about him and, you know, he was like, <laughs> he's going to go lower than than you think. Oh, um, but uh, All right. what, do we, what do we got? What do we got? We got Patrick Baldwin Jr. being drafted ahead of EJ Liddell. Man, th- this is a this is a Warriors pick through and through, right? Is it not? Let's let's this take the, the guy who yeah. just falls everywhere yet could potentially shoot the crap out of the ball and just make us look really good in like two years. I love it. Isn't this it? I love Isn't it. This it? Talk, talk I revised my previous statement. Patrick Baldwin is now guaranteed to be an all-star for the Golden State Warriors. I, I, look, I, I had Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, as a borderline lottery guy throughout the entire year. I never wavered on his talent. Now, look, he f- slid to 28. So it seemingly most teams did waver on his talent. And this is a low risk, high reward proposition for the Golden State Warriors. But uh, now he's going to a situation where he has some of the best passing playmaking, um, playing off of the most high IQ team there is. And oh yeah, he's like 6'11 with a 7'3 wingspan. I think he's going to be pretty good. Now you have a core, a young core of Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Moses Moody, James Wiseman. That's a better core than most teams that have actually been rebuilding and like getting high draft picks. So, I mean, the Warriors, look, they won the chip and they may ultimately win the draft too. I think there's tremendous value for Patrick Baldwin Jr. here. There's a chance in like two years that that starting lineup potentially is better than like half the league's starting lineups. That that's how absolutely bonkers that is. Nick, what do you think? I mean, man, <laughs> like if there's any team that can take a chance on Patrick Baldwin being the player that he was at Milwaukee last year, it's the Golden State Warriors. But if this turns out to be the Patrick Baldwin that we saw in high school, then this is going to look like an absolutely ridiculous pickup for Golden State. So. As a fan of the other Northern California basketball team, this is, I don't know, I, I'm not a Warriors hater by any stretch of the imagination. I'm happy that they're good now, given how awful they were for so long, our our former brothers in NorCal basketball awfulness. But this is just 
the rich get richer with this pick. And this is, man, I'm not sure I have much more to say than that. Like, if this turns out to not work out at all, it's fine, right? They just won the freaking championship. They're going to be fine. But if this turns out the way it could turn out, given what we saw from Patrick Baldwin heading into this season, then this is going to look like one of the steals of the draft. So Houston's essentially back on the clock here. They're going to get whoever this pick is at pick 29. I, I agree with you both. I, I freaking love the Patrick Baldwin thing, man. Like that, for all that we think he can't do, the one thing that we all do think he can do is shoot. All he has to do is just stand there and shoot the ball when it comes to him. That's it. That's all he has to do on the court. You don't have to worry about some of the other defensive issues. You don't have to worry about him doing things off the bounce. He just has to shoot the ball. And what better place to do that than Golden State? Oh, my God. The rich just keep getting richer, don't they? That's how there's, it goes. Th- there's an interesting subplot, though, building, Corey, that I've certainly talked about a bunch on the draft deeper feed. Quite frankly, going back to like December or January, there may not be one of these quote unquote point guards going to the first round. We're in pick 29. Ty Ty Washington's still on the board. Kenny Chandler's still on the board. John Montero's still on the board. Yeah. Corey, what, what's going on with the point guards? Uh, well, shout out to that one guy in the mock draft I did on my YouTube channel months ago who said that. Uh, Ty Ty Washington going to the Bucks at pick 24 is unrealistic and way too late. So shout out to my guy uh, <laughs> in the comment section. Uh, uh, the and shout out to made for both portions of our mock draft, by the way, that, that came out today. So go, go us. Also shout out to everybody that's watching in the chat. Uh, give your boys a, you know, a like, throw us a like, and then head to top shot, sign up and, and partake in our moment. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I think it speaks to how, or these organizations feel about the point guard because I think that Jalen Williams and Dalen Terry kind of came in and took the point uh, guard thunder away from the initial crop. And when you have small guards, and this is why I thought Kennedy, you know, as a talent, I buy in. I think he's uh, an NBA player. But after being in Brooklyn last year in person and seeing Sharif Cooper slide, and I understand that Kennedy is a much better defender than Sharif was, but Sharif was doing like historic offensive things. Some en- enough that you would think a team would take a flyer on him in the first round. Teams are just not valuing short guards right now. Unless you were an elite, elite, elite yep. at one specific thing and versatile enough to play in a, a multitude of lineups, NBA teams just don't want it. You have to be able to shoot like Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. You have to be able to, you know, defend like Davion Mitchell. Otherwise, short guards. They're out, man. We need big, long, versatile wings. This is what we've been talking about, and yeah. I'm not shocked at all. all. All of us, literally all of us have said, well, speaking of, there you go, Corey. He's off the board. Goes in the first round. Ty Ty Washington at pick 29. So Houston Houston gets another guard, and I think the, the, the jury's a little bit out on if Kevin Porter Jr. is the long-term point guard for that team. I think everybody is it- will have. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, Corey. I wasn't sure. Or is the verdict in? The, 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 might the verdict might be in. Regardless, regardless, the Rockets do find another point guard, a potentially group, somebody who I think is actually even a decent fit coming off the bench with somebody like a Josh Christopher next to him in the backcourt. They can mix and match in some interesting ways. Nick, I, I didn't get to kick it to you to talk about the point guard sliding out of the first round. I have to kick it to you to talk about the one point guard who we know that drafted the first round. What do you think about Ty Ty and the Houston Rockets? 
I love this fit. I think it makes a lot of sense for Houston to take him here. I think that even though we didn't get to see much of it this past season, given that Severe Wheeler dominated a lot of the on-ball minutes for Kentucky, I really do buy into Ty Ty's playmaking. I think he's a much better passer than he gets credit for. And I think this Rockets team needs someone who can, you know, play off the ball, shoot a little bit, but mostly just, you know, keep the ball moving for them. I think he's really underrated in that regard. And for him to end up going 29 here to Houston, I think it makes a lot of sense. I would say that the jury might still be in session on Kevin Porter Jr.'s point guard, but the session is coming to a close. It's coming to a close. I'm going to say that before you thank me for praising Kevin Porter Jr. I think that Ty Ty makes a lot of sense here. I think he's, again, a better creator than he's given credit for. I think he can shoot off the ball when other guys on the Rockets have the ball in their hands. So I really like this pick for them. And if there was any point guard who I was going to hope didn't slide out of the first round, other than obviously Dyson Daniels, I think that Ty Ty makes a lot of sense here at 29. It, Corey, is, is this the type of point guard that you want to put next to Jalen Green? If Jalen Green is going to sort of take over the offense to an extent, they didn't draft Paolo Bencaro, as, as you and I talked about on a podcast, to where he's splitting some reps. Jalen Green's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more like he did in the second half of the year, running pick and rolls, trying to initiate not just score on and off the ball, but in having another bailout guy, a similar argument I just made a few picks ago, and having a bailout guy, Tata Washington, who can hit shots off the catch at a really good level, who can take one to two dribble pull-ups off of that catch, get to a mid-range shot, get to a floater. He can get all the way. Is having that type of a guard what you want to put next to Jalen Green? Offensively, absolutely. Uh, you know, this, this is, to me, the the optimal kind of off-ball guard who could handle point guard duties, the one-and-a-half prototype, almost – uh, like a poor man's Tyrese Halliburton uh, in ways. Sorry to you know bring that up. Uh, and clearly Tyrese has, has turned into really a dumb man. Oh, uh, but I, I think that you know he's shown when he gets the opportunity, he can make plays. So when Jalen's getting rest, I think you could trust the offense in Ty Ty's hands. He's going to be able to create his own shot. Killer in the mid-range. I'm still expecting the Kentucky bump uh, from Ty Ty. You know, we, we know that these guys get to the NBA and they outperform their draft slot. Now, you know, Ty Ty is going towards the end of the first round. So it's totally possible that just outperforming this spot is being a viable rotation player. But I think that Ty Ty is going to be a, a good fit next to all of these guys where, you know, offensively, most of them could pass dribble shoot. So it, they're, they're building in a, a very interesting situation down in, in Houston. Nick is there as, as we approach the end of the first round, we're going to get to this pick being made essentially for Denver. Is there anybody you're clamoring for them to take? Or do we think we're about to watch the the Caleb Houston promise finally finally come to fruition here? Oh boy! So, <laughs> man. Well, I thought that Jaden Hardy made a lot of sense for them at twenty one Denver. Mm-hmm. So them picking him here, I think, would make a lot of sense. Also, EJ Liddell, as we already talked about. So, Peyton Watson. Peyton okay. Watson in the first round, boys. Holy smokes! So EJ Liddell and Jaden Hardy. Mm, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, believable, but welcome, welcome to draft night, boys. What, what, Nick? What do you, what do you think about Peyton Watson in, in Denver? You know, I really like this pick for them. I would have preferred both the guys that I mentioned earlier, but I think with Watson, he's someone who did not get much of an opportunity to show what he can do at UCLA, and you know, it makes a lot of sense as a longer term project. And Denver is a team that can definitely allow him to shine on the defensive end while having a minimal role on offense to start his career as he sort of comes along and. 
you know, again, he's someone who was projected potential top 10 pick heading into the year who slid a little bit. And a lot of that slide was just because he didn't get much of an opportunity at UCLA rather than him, you know, falling short in the minutes that he did get on that team. So even though there are a couple of guys I would have liked more in the spot for Denver, I think that Peyton Watson is a really good pick here. So I'm perfectly happy with it. Corey, before you take back over the stream here and we we handle a little business, as, as you've been saying all night long, you have any parting thoughts on the Peyton Watson pick to Denver as well as just the first round in general? Uh, well, you know, I've been a, a Peyton Watson guy the entire draft cycle. I think this is the, absolutely the type of bet that you make uh, at this part of the draft. Low risk. You get him on a cheap contract for a number of years. I mean, you saw in the graphic that we had up, he was so young at UCLA that he still had his braces on in his, you know, headshot picture that he took. Uh, we talked about long, versatile wings. And this is a guy who he showed that he could do a little bit more off the bounce in high school. I buy him as this guy who maybe could even like play a, a Derek Jones Jr. type, like kind of wingy big man role. But I think he's going to be a beast defensively. And uh, I like the cutting. I like obviously playing next to the best passer in the NBA when you're good at cutting. That that makes a, a lot of sense. I'm looking forward to some inverted pick and rolls, maybe some transition stuff. A lot of time in the G League, but ultimately I think he's uh, an excellent swing here. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that's going to wrap up the first round for us. Nick will be saying goodbye. I think Corey and I are going to stay on for a little bit here, but don't worry, you're not done seeing Nick. Nick's going to be coming back and essentially closing out the draft for us. So definitely thank you, Nick, for, for hopping on being a guest. Absolutely. Fun to chat as a guest rather than throwing it to everybody else as a host for a little bit. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. All right. That means that uh, it's time for us. This is what we're going to do, Nathan. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, boy. You know that oh, boy is right when, when I give you a directive uh with with no actual directive so we've opened all of our packs all right um and what we are going to do here is we're now going to pick the moment that we are giving away okay so what we're going to do is we are going to go to our moments and these are all of the moments that we opened today in the, the three packs that we opened in the first round. So, okay. I had the magic background up in the account for uh, the fact that they had the first pick where they took Paulo Bon Caro. So we got 12 moments. We have a little Mo Bamba. We got a Bismack Biombo. We got a Drew Holiday playoff moment we got a Giannis playoff moment we got a Rudy Gobert playoff moment Will Barton Kyrie Irving Duncan Robinson playoff moment a Jordan Poole playoff moment Bobby Portis Rajon Rondo and a Derek White playoff moment we absolutely crushed the moments that we got so I'm going to nominate you have to nominate one moment from each line that we have so first, you have Mo Bamba, Bismack Biombo, Drew Holiday, or Giannis. Which moment is making the cut into the next round here? Are, are we going against anything, Giannis? Are, are, are you kidding me? Come on. We, we got to pick the next moment. 
All right. See you later, Drew, Bismack, and Mo. Giannis is moving on to the next round. All right. We got Rudy Gobert, Will Barton, Kyrie, and Duncan Robinson. Oh, Ky- Kyrie. Come on, man. We're, we're selling box office on the no ceiling stream. Come on. Is that what we're doing? Kyrie. You're taking the Kyrie. You're buying in. I, I'd like to see uh, you take the shot on him as a general manager, too, I guess. Okay. <laughs> now we got Derek White, Rajon Rondo, Bobby Portis, and Jordan Poole. Who are we taking from this lineup? I, I do love it, it's summertime. I love myself a good pool party. So we're, we're taking uh, okay. Who doesn't love a good pool party? He's got the little right. championship badge right here. You know what I mean? You see the little, <laughs> you see the little championship badge. That's pretty fire. All right. So basically, so now we are deciding between the Giannis, the Kyrie Irving, and the Jordan Pool as the moment that we are giving away. Who is going to be eliminated first from this trio? It's got to be Kyrie, I think. From this trio, yeah. I think it has to be Kyrie easy. for everything that you laid out. Easy, easy. We're getting rid of the Kyrie, and that leaves us with two playoff moments. More limited edition for the the giveaway that we're because you know. And make sure if you want in on this giveaway, we're giving away a moment here. If you want in, head to the link in the stream, please, and uh, sign up. It's free, and then while you're there. You know, get in on the action. Buy a starter pack. It's 10 bucks. Sign up. It's going to be a good time. All right. So we got Giannis and we got NBA champion Jordan Poole. How we feeling? What are we giving away? So I'll let you make the final call, Corey. But if it was okay. me, right? If it was me, I think we've done an incredible job all year long at those ceilings. I think we all feel like we're winners. I know for a fact, mm-hmm. everybody in the audience who clicked on that link signed up, got eligible for the giveaway. They're winners. We got to go with the winner. We got to go with the championship winner. We got to go with the pool party. Come on. All right. I'm going with the Jordan pool moment as well. Uh, Okay. And you know why? Because we're a a conglomerate that appreciates the fact that you can develop, that you can be drafted late and you could become an impact player. You can be a guy without a ceiling. All right. So we're taking this beautiful Jordan pool Live dribble, left-handed dime in the playoffs. I mean, look at the oh, shifty. Yeah, are you kidding me? That's an Come unbelievable on. play. Hundred percent. I mean, awesome cereal. Uh, you got the championship badge. Look, this is a moment that we are going to give away. Okay, Jordan Pool number six forty-two at eighty-two fifty playoff moment from the twenty twenty-two playoff packs. Uh, if you want in. You're going to have to sign up at the link, okay? The NBA Top Shot fan, uh, team is going to go in on the back end. They're going to look at all the new accounts, all of the people that signed up with our link, okay? And they are going to pick a winner, and we are going to gift you a free Jordan pool moment. That's pretty dope. You know you want to have dope. a pool party. Come on. Everybody I wants need- a pool party. Everybody wants a pool party. Jordan Poole, he showed tremendous value, probably going to get a tremendous contract to go along with that uh, <laughs> tremendous value. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's our Top Shot uh, NBA Top Shot moment giveaway. Definitely. Pretty exciting I mean, stuff. I mean, Top Shot, first of all, them wanting to work with us it's fun to this draft show. I, I, I do think it means a lot to all of us that, that we're kind of at this point already. We're so young in the no ceilings life cycle. So sincere thanks to NBA top shot, but 
an even Absolutely. bigger thanks to everybody who has joined us tonight, has been on the live stream, who's interacted with us in the chat, and who's clicked on that link, who signed up, who's going to bought a pack. We we appreciate every single one of our fans out there. We can't do this without you. So, so seriously, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Nathan, this is where I depart you as uh, you continue hosting duties as you do so well. And you bring on the conductor of chaos himself. Oh, gosh. And You're leaving better, with these two clowns? Come on. And his better half, the yeah. con- you know, the minister of memes and his better half, Mr. Metcalf. So yeah. you've got it from here. Let's bring in. It's showtime. <laughs> He's got the Kobe shirt on. Uh, Rucker, yeah. I'm going to leave and you guys discuss everything uh, that I have uh, that we missed while we were doing the Top Shot thing. Who knows? Maybe there's a future MVP that got selected while we were doing our little commercial break. You know what I mean? All right. That's it for me. I will see you a little bit later. Have fun guys. Oh my gosh. Where, where is he? Worried. I need, I need, there he is. I missed you. Hey babe, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Are you okay? I feel like I need to give you a hug. Another episode of the No Ceilings podcast. Are we all right? I'm giving you a hug through the screen, buddy. I'm thinking of you. I'm in a glass case of emotion, and they're, they're bouncing all over the place. I'm, I'm just taking it in stride. Well, Metcalf, I didn't get both of them to happen, but I apparently willed one of those two picks into existence. How you feeling, buddy? Oh, I've bought in. I've come around. I, I, I convinced myself <laughs> that I'm in. Good, um, good. I, I, I hate the value. In. I, I hate the value. In? I hate the value, but I never hated the fit. Um, they they had no rim protection. He was the he had the best block rate and college basketball since 2008 uh he's a better rebounder he provides vertical spacing um he can exclusively play drop coverage i saw that one of their assistant coaches is trying to tell minnesota media that he uh moves like a six seven guy i'd push back a little bit or a lot of it on that um, so you mean you don't agree with bruce pearl saying he's the next al horford you mean you don't agree with that easy comment? al horford is good easy <laughs> easy Easy, <laughs> easy. Uh, I I believe very little of what Bruce Pearl says. I'll, I'll just put it like that. <laughs> no, okay, but I I, I bought it. Pearl, I, I think he's going to be really good Continues on those ceilings. Okay, all right. How do we feel about Indiana going Andrew Andrew Nimhard there? I thought that was a very sneaky addition. It was a very Rick Carlisle pick. Yeah, Metcalf. <laughs> Come on, Pacers building something special. Get on board, right? Not I mean, everyone could be Wendell Moore. For, okay. We heard for a while that Andrew Nemhard was going to be one of these guys who was quickly climbing the ranks, at the very least in the second round, potentially getting himself into the first round. And lo and behold, Bobby Marks was right about Andrew Nemhard's draft stock rising all along. I know I know, Coach David Thorpe. Shout out to Coach David Thorpe at True Hoop. He really likes Andrew Nemhard and was saying some of his praises this week. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really like that pick. I think it's going to bring some good value to – Indiana. We're left with the Orlando Magic at 32. Mark's Shout out Mark Tatum. Pick. Shout out yeah. Mark Tatum. Deputy Commissioner yeah. Mark Tatum's coming out to announce the pick. Let's see who we got. He's always so happy after every pick. Who's going to be playing alongside Paolo Bencaro from the 32nd pick? We're, we'll talk about some first-round stuff. Don't, don't worry, guys. We're going to do a little bit of reaction. Oh, Caleb Houston! Caleb Houston, you were supposed to have the first-round promise, buddy. You were supposed to go at the end of the first round. Hey, or, I, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Rocky, I, what do you think? I kind of like it for him. Um, he ain't going to play over Franz, and he's going to be a nice piece <laughs> to, to, to keep developing. No, I, I'm being serious. Like, I, I think that's a good 
That's a good addition. You get Paulo, you get Caleb Houston in the second round. I think at the beginning of the year you said that. We were like, what are you talking about? They're both going to be, you know, lottery picks potentially. And um, that's a good spot for him. I mean, he should be looking right at what Franz did last year. And, and now they're building some actual depth besides yep. their backcourt. So um, it's just fascinating. I, I, I really did think – I thought he was like – I was like, why did he sit out everything? I thought he could have actually – made some noise to get up there in the you know early 20s, even after a down year. So, I don't know. Metcalf, what do you think? You're the Michigan faithful. Yeah, do you the, like that? You're the Michigan guy, man. I mean, there's there's no shortage of players on that Orlando team now who can get him the ball where he needs it. And I, I really like that for him specifically because mm-hmm. there's going to be zero pressure. He's going to have yeah. zero expectations right away, and he's probably going to spend the entire year in the G League, and I think that's fine. Um, I was really – impressed with his off ball movement and just kind of feel for the game and passing all season. Um, the shot was the issue. And if he never shoots, he's never going to make it. But if that shot comes around, then he can leverage that ability to attack closeouts, play make out of that uh, really leverage his off ball movement. Um, so I, I think it'll be a good developmental spot where he's given the benefit of time. Metcalf, before we parted ways earlier on, we were discussing the EJ Liddell fall. Well, yeah. Now Caleb Houston and Andrew Nembhard have gone before EJ Liddell. What what is what is going on? Like I tried to ask Corey about some of his thoughts. Like Corey was a little surprised, but he said he wasn't shocked. Like now we're starting to get into the second round. He's still not being picked. Are you just surprised, or have now you have you now moved to the shock territory? I I'm pretty surprised. My guess is the teams aren't buying the shooting improvement. Um, and they're viewing him as a six seven center. I think he's more of a power forward, but if they're not buying a shot, then they're probably viewing him as a small ball five and they don't buy that he can hold up. So that that's my guess. Um, you know, by, by all accounts, he's an incredible kid, incredible leader. So I, I would be stunned if there's any like in, Intel stuff or behind the scenes stuff going on there. My only guess is that it's got to be teams not buying the shot. He's a great shot blocker, really physical, great screener. Uh, the shot was really good this year. They just must not be buying it. Rucker, we're, we're going to go through a number of picks. I, I have you boys until pick 40, so buckle up. You're, you're here for a little bit. I wanted the chaos. This is exactly why I wanted this range for the three of you. Is there is there any one player who's still on the board who you need to see picked before you, you leave that guest chair again and we go to the next slot? Um, EJ, I, I, I've... I'm wondering if it's some medical stuff that maybe comes out and because mm. if he gets past the thirties, then it, I would guess it's medical, it like something, yeah, but um, I need to get Jaden Hardy off the board and then I need to yeah. get, let's get Gabriel Prochita off the board Please. too, unless he wants <laughs> to go to Boston. I hear Boston's a great place to play. So if All he right. wants to go to Boston, really then we can get weird. if but, he lasts till like pick 53, somebody has not, <laughs> I, I we will have to keep me off camera if he's on the board <laughs> at fifty three. I, I will be freaking out. But um, we know you you got to go. You got to go in a dark room somewhere. You got to take care. We 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 got. I'll just be pacing around like it's like we, my we, we son that's about to get selected. So I mean, I don't know. Um, I I don't know. Chandler, there's a lot of talent, and we yeah. we thought this was going to happen. We thought there was going to be some serious pieces on the board from. 30 to 40, which is why the three of us wanted to do this range. 25 to 40, somebody's going to strike gold in this range. We're about to get the pick from 
deputy commissioner for the Toronto Raptors. Old Bryce McGowan's maybe. Who knows? I, I am more. shocked Bryce is a little on there. Christian Coloco, your boy. Rucker, your boy. Talk hey, Metcalf's you. boy too. Metcalf's not drinking the Kool-Aid with me. Yeah, Loco but you're for the Coloco, baby. I, I, Come on, talk I love this for Toronto. And, and this is a guy that this is who they attack is, is guys with this profile. Like he's a raw, continues to get better every year. He has not reached his ceiling at all. Some would say he has no ceiling. And then, you know, his hands, his defensive ability, Metcalf's written about him. I've written about him at noceilingsnba.com. It's free. I love this. I think this is great value. And the site is free. So, I mean, there's no reason you shouldn't subscribe. But Metcalf, I mean, you've you've been buying into him late, you know, when it comes to this process. You were really talking to me lately on the podcast. You love him. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you like this fit with him going to Toronto? I, I love it. I think it's absolutely perfect for them. Um, I would have rather had the Timberwolves target him. He's a seven footer in this class that I think we got to let it go, bud. We got to let it go. Like a six, seven guy. Yeah. I'm moving on. Okay. Um, No, but I I think he's super composed. He's patient on rotations. He uses his length. Well, really good shot blocker, really good rim deter. Um, The opponents at rim field goal percentage. It was a 10% difference when he was on the court compared to when he was off. That was Mm -hmm extraordinary it's pretty good you know yeah um so i i I think he can show a lot of different level or looks in the pick and roll really good weak side rim protector um and he's still pretty raw so if if there's another level to his defense that's really scary and then if he improves at all offensively it's just you know icing on the cake i'm not buying that he's a three-point shooter because he showed out at the combine uh those guys trained three months ex- you, you, you mean specific you don't drills three-point shooting should be mentioned as a strength like kevin obama you mean you don't agree with that statement i i yeah. do not but <laughs> i also don't think he needs to develop it to make it in the league and be an impactful player if he does awesome that's incredible but he doesn't need to is he a big man that you guys think is going to bud long term in toronto or do you think that they might possibly be hunting bigger fish maybe He's one of these young guys that you throw to a Rudy Gobert trade who could give Utah some size back in exchange. I mean, you, Toronto and Rudy Gobert have been linked per, per, pretty well up to this point. So I think he's think? I think he's perfect for Toronto. I think Toronto's gonna yeah. develop him. Like he's exactly what they've been wanting with like the Chris Boucher's, like him and Scotty, Scott, like they got talent developing. Oh gosh, Metcalf. Yeah, they, <laughs> this is your pick, fire, Metcalf. Metcalf still has one of the greatest quotes of the entire year about the other Jalen Williams. Of this Arkansas. is a family friendly program. Yeah. We can't talk about it on this one, but if you want to go listen to the no ceilings podcast, you'll hear it. Um, I took for finishing up on Coloco. I think Coloco is going to be, uh, I think that was the perfect spot for him. He got so much better every year and he has got real talent. He's got real upside. I, I love that pick. I also forgot the Lakers are on the board and we get to talk about it. This is awesome. So I love the draft. This is great. <laughs> Having yeah, a great before, time. Before we get to uh, everybody's favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers, we have to talk about Metcalf's favorite prospect. Yeah, Metcalf. In the 2022 NBA draft, Jalen Williams. I, it, listen, I, I, I won't have you talk about his defense because I think if we did that, we'd have to cut the family-friendly <laughs> programming you know here. But offensively, offensively, Metcalf, yeah. I think this, this could be a little interesting because we have so many guys who want to pass – keep the ball moving. We already know it's the strength of Giddy. We know SGA can be a ball mover. We know that Jalen Williams, one of our favorites out of Santa Clara, if he stays on the team, he's a ball mover. Jalen Williams, one of his most underrated skills as a big man 
is some of his passing ability out of the post out of double team. So just I, I kind of see the offense that they might be trying to orchestrate if all of these guys stay in the toe. What do you think? Yeah, and it, it's pretty consistent with the picks that they've gone because they've been high field guys who are good passers. And that's exactly what Jalen Williams is. I, I have my gripes with this defense, but his overall feel for the game is really impressive. And he knows where guys are on the floor. He knows how to move the ball. Um, his playmaking out of the short roll is really impressive. His scoring versatility out of the pick and roll is really impressive. Um, if he ever ends up shooting, that'd be incredible. I, I'm not sure the indicators are super promising for that. Um, but just even that... 15 to 18 foot jump pull up jumper um, out of the short roll, the ability to sidestep rotating defenders, the ability to kind of drive and kick um, the, the basketball IQ with him is, is really impressive and frequently on display. Rucker. I, I, I want you to definitely give Jalen Williams thoughts, but while you're giving those Jalen Williams thoughts, I want you to ponder my next question because okay. it involves your arch nemesis, Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Clutch client, clutch connection. This has to be Jane Hardy. Is there any other player that that pick could be at this point with Jane Hardy? It's weird. I love that for him, and I love that for what the Lakers need. But um, I, I, I really do think like they have. This is like a worthy swing for them because yeah. like he's going to go there. They're going to. Show him the ropes. He's he's going to quickly realize, like, okay, I'm not the best guy on this team, probably. There's probably a couple guys a little bit better than me on, on the Lakers right now. So that was a joke, guys. That was a joke. You're supposed to laugh. But Make a funny can, Jaden, can Jaden Hardy – Walker be- Kessler. That's what my joke is, Nick Half. Um, NBA Finals. <laughs> oh, can, can, God, can, can Jaden Hardy be – can he be the buddy heel that we thought the Lakers could have gotten at one they, point? Now, all of a sudden, you're bringing in – a buddy heel type player on a much cheaper contract. Yeah. I, I mean, they have to do something to get some, some offense and, and they're, they can't be spending all this money in free agency because they're not going to have some, because we'll see what happens with Westbrook. But, you know, I think that's a pretty good dis- or easy decision to make when it comes to, do you want to pick up a player option for North of 30 million? But um, to go back to Jalen Williams, I'm still shocked he didn't go back because I thought he could have been potentially a top 20 guy. Um, but he still goes, what, two picks into the second round? Goes to a good team? I, I mean, I don't know. What do uh, you guys also, think? Also, real quick, uh, shout out to Ronald in the chat for pointing out that they did just take both Jalen Williams. I, that's going to be a Oh, that is? Oh, my that, that's actually – you know what? That's actually – I, I hate Presty for that. I take back all, all the positive. <laughs> no, why did you do that? That's like, ugh. so instead of we getting Jovic and Jokic on the Nuggets, we got two Jalen Williamses with correct. So this, what, see what you did, Nate. You, you, and you. Have, we're gonna have to get therapy now for broadcasters. Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams. Metcalf, who do you who do you think the pick is for the Lakers? Because like I, not 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 to humble brag here. I, I know a few people in the Lakers scouting department and. Hardy doesn't seem like the type of player I think they would want to target, but it makes sense as we find out who the pick is. Any any names really quick? Um, I'm just kind of thinking off-ball guys. Matt Christie. Oh, there, there you we go. go. Cap, your boy. Talk to me. Love that. I, I'm Max Christie was 17 on my board. So See, that, that is... seems like a pick that their scouting department, I think, would, would like a lot. It's, it's a good pick. Okay, let me be serious. I root for every team, I although I can't stand the Lakers because of my fan fandom. 
I think it's a great pick. I, I really do think this is a fantastic addition um, at this point of the draft. Metcalf, me and you have been talking about how much we like Christie. I think he's going to go to a great spot where it, yeah. his role is going to be simple. If he starts clicking and that shot comes around, that is a steal. And and he can defend the – he can defend really tough. I'm, I'm trying to be watching my language. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I, I agree 100%. I think this is – this is one of those long-term upside yeah. swings that you make with a second-round pick. But Metcalf, I mean, you, you've you done some awesome work talking about him on multiple fronts and no ceilings. You've done the deeper dive on him than probably either Rucker and I at this point. I think there could also be some short-term value with him as well because of the defense, because of part of what you and I talked about on the Draft Deeper podcast, the way that he moves his feet, the way he wants to compete, I think some of that at his size with his length, despite the body maybe not being as filled out as you want it to be in a rookie year, I think some of that's going to give him opportunities to get on the court for the Lakers next year. And if the shooting does come around, I mean, we're talking about like somebody who could actually be like an eighth or a ninth man for a playoff team under the right circumstances, but he would have LeBron and AD hopefully next to him. So like having two guys of that talent, that kind of covers up some of the holes, right? You think he could be a guy for the Lakers next year? Uh, so I, I adore Max Christie, but it's long-term. I think he's going to be pretty disastrous as a rookie. Um, and that's purely because he needs to get a lot stronger and he needs to slow the game down mentally, but he's a worker. He wants to learn, um, his defensive footwork is really impressive. Uh, despite being skinny and lacking that strength, he played with what I thought was an impressive level of physicality where he would cut off drives and not just run with guys. Um, and then I, I think as he gets stronger, that shot is going to fall at a much higher clip. So next year, I don't think he really does anything for him. Um, if he does, awesome. I'll be thrilled to be wrong. Um, but year two, year three, uh, that, that's when I think we start seeing him kind of start to break out. All right. If Mark Tatum comes up here for this pick, it's, it's Portland, but it's technically going to Detroit. If I got to sit here and watch Jay Nivey, Jalen Duran, and Jaden Hardy go to the Pistons, I would have to declare the Pistons the winners of the draft. It is it is Prochita. It is Gabriel Prochita going to the Detroit Pistons. Gabriel Prochita. Oh, Gosh, I, I, I got a bad boy's shirt. I'm about to throw this bro, on bro, right now. What a fall. All right. Oh, even, even, so, even so, even though – I. Uh, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, and Perchita all going to the Pistons tonight. What what a haul. Troy Weaver, hats off to you, brother. You are doing one tremendous job. So that's that's three of my top 18 guys. So so clearly somebody in the Pistons front office was reading Metcalf's work at no ceilings to come to the conclusion that this was the pick. Metcalf, what do you think? I, I adore Perchita. I've been in on him pretty much all year uh six seven lethal off ball shooter awesome athlete uh good defender not great not gonna change any games with his defense but his size does a lot and he works hard jumps passing lanes um the, the the athleticism allows him to do a lot off the ball and a lot off the bounce too he's not necessarily an iso pick and roll creator but he can attack closeouts uh create really dynamic mid-range pull-ups and finish over guys at the rim i he's so much fun Rucker, this is he's one of your guys too. How how do you think Perchita feels going into a situation where he has two really high level advantage creators being able to make something happen for him off the catch? I, I, I think this is another great 
spot for a guy to go. Like we talk about the draft being all about fits. And this is exactly what we're talking about is like Perchita. We've a lot of us at no ceilings has loved all year. We, yep. we even said like we, we would take him in the first round. He goes right outside it. Um, enough of those mock drafts of ESPN putting him at 53. You lied to us. I, I, I I'm, Still furious about you getting my yeah, hopes man. up. Rucker's heartbroken. No, no, no. I, and I'm happy for him because he deserved to go here or higher. And, and yep, Weaver. For everyone listening, like this is how you build through the draft. Now, I'm not saying like Prochita is automatically going to be an all star, but Weaver is doing such a good job of rebuilding the Pistons. He's being aggressive. He's getting his guys. Like last year, he gets Cade. This year, he goes and gets another big man. He gets Ivy and then he's getting value in the second round. Like, this is great. Like, and he's unloaded a big contract. So I love this pick. I think Prochita goes in and he's a, he's an asset off the bench. If they bring him over right away. I love it. Just, just some thoughts really quick before we're going to talk about what Sacramento might do with the 37th pick. I think Prochita, it's, it's really funny. You've talked about this. I know Metcalf has talked about this. Like, Man, Metcalf's back on the stream. I don't, I don't you know had to go cry, or what's going on? But, like, uh, Streamyard doesn't like me anymore. No, it's not me. For Cheetah got picked, he had to go off the camera really quick. Yeah. Now, now we got to so, start crying. You know? All right. So the one thing that I was going to say, Metcalf, is that I know Rutgers talked about this. I know you've talked about this. One of the things that concerns you, besides like some of the strength and some of the defense with Cheetah, is that he does get a little risky making decisions at times. He has the two guys around him who can make all the decisions for him. All he has to do is score and shoot. And that's it. And that's that's perfect. Oh, Jaden Hardy, here we go. Finally off the board. Sacramento Kings, pick 37. Won't be playing too far from the Los Angeles Lakers. You know the Kings were in attendance. More likely than not at that clutch workout. Jaden Hardy. So it looks like. What's the Woj bomb? Yeah, we got the Woj bomb. Yeah, I think Metcalf was just about to read it off. Our, the the Kings are trading ball. number 37 to the Mavericks for two future second-round picks. Oh, Luca and Hardy. Hey, he mu- that that outfit is unbelievable. Fire. Exactly, <laughs> I'm not that's kidding. That's exactly what I thought when I saw it earlier tonight. If someone can find me that outfit, does it have the stones down the pant legs too? That is the out. That's the suit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Folks, this is cool. That looks yeah. like a, an Elvis vi- music video right there. Come on, is that leather? Is he going to be doing a promo for the Elvis movie coming out? Is this? Like I mean, he must have got that news about going to Dallas early. <laughs> I love. It. Hey, I like that by Dallas. That's a, that's a worthy Talk roll of dice. Get I, yourself I like a weapon. What? No, I well, I just fit. think. I wrote a big piece on Hardy um, right before the draft at NoCeilingsNBA.com, which is still free. Um, always, <laughs> always, and, and it always will be. But I, I think Hardy, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I could see that the intel might have been reason why he slid. I think a lot of people overhyped him coming into the year. The Ignite are really good about realizing they need to develop guys to get them ready for the NBA. So Hardy was this lethal outside shooter in high school, and the G League said, "We know you are, but you need to work." on your decision-making and they put him as a primary ball handler. They forced him to learn how to read defenses. And I thought he got better the whole year. His decision-making got better. His playmaking got better. His patience, his feel for the game. He's going to have some growing pains early on because we saw exactly what he had this year. But 
he's also going to go to a good spot that they're going to, they're going to be patient and develop him. And, you know, he ain't going to be the best player on his team. (laughs) I I have a feeling Luca might be a little bit better than uh, Jaden Hardy. So, but I'm just saying like, that's, if you're a team like Dallas, you're like, Hey, let's get another weapon off the bench. I, I, I think that's a worthy roll of the dice, which, at this point in the second round, that's great value. I, I know that some people are divided about the Christian Wood trade. To me, mm-hmm. I thought that they did end up getting good value to take a swing on somebody like him in that trade. Now you pick up a blue chipper, Jane Hardy. I think Dallas is getting off to a rip-roaring start of the offseason. And speaking of I love the rip-roaring Spurs. draft picks, is San Antonio, like, are they going to take anybody big? I, I guess not. I guess they've just decided to take all backcourt players with – Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee, now going to the Spurs. Rucker, I have a feeling you're about to get ready to tell me this is a Spurs pick. I love their draft. I absolutely love their draft. I'm telling you, like, the Spurs, all of those teams that were successful and and made the playoffs every single year, they just had, like, eight or nine guys they could roll at you. And and I know the Spurs have a lot of backcourt depth, but they don't have guys that are – so dominant that you're not drafting for best player. You're just, they're just saying, all right, we're going to bring all this talent in and hopefully we, we hit on a couple guys, but like Wesley, Kennedy Chandler, Branham. Is Sohan. there another bomb? Hang on, hang on. Rocket. No way. Just so that, so that pick is actually going to the Memphis Grizzlies. So I guess that answers that the questions. Are they going to re-sign Tyus Jones? They might have just found his replacement. I don't know. Metcalf, what do you think about him going to Memphis now? Well, and they might be losing both of their backup point guards um, in Tyus Jones and that trade from earlier. So I, I, I like the fit. I like him as a player. His point of attack defense, I think, was really impressive this year. Uh, moves really well around screens, has some of the best hands in the country. And then as the season progressed, he started playing even more off ball and using his quickness to run off screens and create driving lanes and, you know, finding those open pockets on the perimeter. So I I thought that was just a really unique way to show that he's more than just this pure point guard and can play a a couple different roles, even though he is small. Um, Yes. He's going to be a limited defender. Yes. He's going to be a one position defender, but the way he works at the point of attack and the way he gets around screens, it's not going to be super easy to switch him. Um, and he'll be able to, you know, fight and recover. I agree hundred percent. I think if I were the Memphis Grizzlies and I was looking at one of the guards to play backup out of the few that were available in this draft class that we knew they were going to target, I was a Kennedy Chandler guy for Memphis over Ty Ty Washington. And I think that he was a guy they could have targeted with one of their first round picks and ended up being one first round pick. Now they end up getting the value back in the second round, getting him at 38. That's value. There, there are a lot of, listen, the good teams, Rucker, I know you like to talk about this. The good teams are making their bones tonight. In the, draft. Like the good teams are making the smart picks tonight. That's a smart pick. That is exactly the type of guy that Memphis needs in the rotation. Like he's going to be a great change of pace guard. He's going to be right behind Morant. He's feisty as heck defensively. I know he's undersized, but he makes up for it with the wingspan. And and dude plays defense, and he could play. Yeah. So, like, I think – I've been saying all along, like, I don't know if Kenny Chandler is ever going to be a starter in the NBA, but he's going to be a weapon defensively. And 
just as a smart basketball player when it comes to a rotation. So for a team like Memphis that you might be losing Tyus Jones and, and some other guys, like I love that addition. That could be yeah. a very nice rotation asset. Go ahead. Does it surprise you at all? Like it surprises me that Nemhard went before somebody like Kennedy Chandler. Does that surprise you at all? No, because Nemhard has obviously the size and then he's proven that he can play different roles in different programs. So I, I think that's really enticing for coaching staffs that they have this guy who's a proven commodity, essentially. Um, I think he's, I think Nemhard's going to be able to contribute a little more, a little quicker as that kind of lead floor floor general. Um, but in terms of upside, I still think Chandler has the bigger upside, but I think Nemhard's more of the sure thing. So the Pacers are not in a win-now situation. I think they could have went the direction of upside if they wanted backup point guard. I God, I, I yeah, I, I still would have taken I still would have taken Kennedy Chandler in that spot. You talk about pedigree, you talk about Nemhard's proven. Kennedy Chandler's proven too. He helped take his team to the SEC tournament and, and, and win the SEC as a freshman on a, a more veteran Tennessee team than than non-experienced. They looked up to him. They let him be the leader, and he helped contribute to that team's winning. So I think I think Chandler's going to be one of those players we look back. I think we'd all be in agreement. He's going to be one of those players we look back. We're, we're a little surprised that he fell ultimately where he did on draft night. Yeah, I see why Rutgers making a face. No, Khalifa Jop goes to the Cavs. I'm not saying I don't like him. I just – gosh, there's the some talent on the board. Metcalf, if you – if or if the T-Wolves get EJ here at 40 – all, all will be forgiven. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm. You know what? I can't get off camera right now to do it, but I had Taco Bell to give a little tribute. I have Taco Bell waiting in the kitchen to give tribute to Nikola Jokic. But if if this is EJ, maybe I just go grab it and start eating it, just to give I EJ. I mean, if this happens, I'm scared with some of Jay Billis's best available. So it, my non-Judy Davison up there is. Really so it looks like the Timberwolves are trading number forty to Charlotte. Another one. I just want you to be happy for once. That doesn't seem to be in the cards tonight, but you know, I'm I'm having fun. We're having fun here. <laughs> Are we having fun yet? Oh, it's boy. it's only it's only going to upset him if they trade to pick the Charlotte, and then Charlotte takes EJ Liddell. If they don't take EJ, uh, I I think he won't be as salty. But and I, do, I would I would love that fit for Charlotte. By the way, I. Pay, Coming away from this draft with Mark Williams and EJ Liddell, I think would be a huge win for the Hornets. Yeah, I mean, if he's a small ball five, that's a really interesting big man rotation. You can start to piece together between Mark Williams, PJ Washington, EJ Liddell. That's a nice rotation. That's a nice grouping for a team that I think wants to get in the playoffs probably sooner rather than later because they have Lamella Ball. So. Uh Nathan, how, what are you what are you thinking right now? Who who are you eyeing when it comes to still on the board? Do you have anyone in it that's a little surprised to you besides like the obvious ones we've talked about, like EJ? Um, I mean, buy buy my big board, Bryce McGowan. McGowan's and I still think Kendall. I'm a little shocked that he like if he's not in the next couple picks, I'll be a little surprised. I think he's still got the upside. And Kendall there Brown. you go. Who just so went? I'm behind Bryce you guys. McGowan's. Okay, Bryce. so Bryce McGowan's for the Charlotte Hornets. So they they're going to get more scoring. 
I mean, you already got James Booknight waiting in the wings. You're going to add Bryce McGowan's. You're going to. Does everyone have a chain? Why didn't I get the memo? I would have worn a no ceilings chain this year. I, I, I got a chain, baby. Come on. I got the thing <laughs> along with the shirt. Come on, man. But I mean, well, my, my bling is not anywhere close to you know, what they can afford getting those contracts. But we, we try over here at no ceilings. But so, interestingly enough, Charlotte seems to be, they're going to stack up on secondary scores. Right, they got James Booknight waiting in the wings. They got Bryce McGowan's, who they're going to bring in to to wait in the wings. Any Rucker, any any thoughts on McGowan's going to Charlotte? I mean, by by my board, he was like a top twenty talent. So I think just by my board alone, I would consider this to be a massive steal for Charlotte. But what do you think? I, I sort of um, really like what they did tonight. Um, now. I would have loved for them to had two picks at 13 and 15, but I like, you know, they got a future first. They said they didn't want to bring in two guys there. Um, they get McGowan's later in the second round. They, they go get him. I think that's great value. And then they got Mark Williams. Like they're, they're taking the right steps. Um, McGowan's we've been talking about, like he's got scary upside and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens if the, if they bring in Dan Tony, which it seems like it might happen, but, McGowan's might be a fun player in that system if he can click and all of a sudden be a little bit of a steal. But this is just getting a, a great value for a team that's trying to push the needle forward. And um, the more I watch Mar- uh, McGowan's the whole year, I, we all talked about it. Like the more you're intrigued, the more you're fascinated. I, I think going to Charlotte where he won't have to be a, a guy that plays right away, but he has the talent to if he can click and find his groove early on. Maybe they let him spend a little time in the G League um, to start out the season just to get his confidence and get some run, but there's talent. No doubt about that. So, boys, before the 41st pick is announced, it's time for us to transition. It's time for me to part ways as a host and a guest on this stream, but I sincerely thank all of you guys for the hard work that you've put in to get to this point, to help me become a better scout, a better analyst. And I thank NBA Top Shot, obviously, for yes. sponsoring this stream, Always. helping make this stream as big as it is. One more time before I go, please click on that link. Please sign up for an account on NBA Top Shot. Go buy a pick. But join mm-hmm. in on the fun that we've all gotten to help experience tonight. But with Corey, he did a great job with the, with the Top Shot stuff. Definitely make sure you go sign up for an account. Check out NBA Top Shot. But Finally until- win. Until we meet again, oh yeah, EJ Liddell took long enough. New crew, let's we'll, go. We'll let Nick talk about EJ Liddell. Until then, what a haul. Thank you guys. Have a great. Thank night. you guys. Nick. All right. Wow, Nick. hopping on just in time to see EJ Liddell finally get picked here. Am I get kicked off now? Long. It's been fun. Can- okay, bye. Anyway, <laughs> Albert, we are here just before. <laughs> Albert and Alex, we are here just as the Knicks go on the clock at 42. But the biggest slider of the night just went at 41. EJ Liddell finally getting picked by the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, I thought he should have gone in maybe the late teens, (laughs) you know, much less at 41. So this is a shocker to me. So before we get to the Knicks, though, Alex, let's start with you. Your thoughts on EJ Liddell ending up all the way at 41 here? Yeah, I think... Obviously, he's been kind of the biggest slider uh, of the night. Not really sure why or what was going on, but uh, I think New Orleans getting him at 41 is tremendous value. I mean, you know, they already got uh, Dyson Daniels earlier in this draft. So 
you're kind of adding a lot more uh, defensive versatility with Liddell, adding a little bit of a stretch four, um, which which could be nice with with some of their lineups that they can run out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he could fit next to Zion Williamson um, in lineups like that, because you don't really have your traditional kind of shot blocker in lineups like that. So will he be able to play along Zion? I'm not sure, but I think as a bench guy, you know, seventh, eighth man, uh, you know, right away, you could probably step in and get some minutes for him. Albert, first of all, happy birthday. Second of all, the pick is in for your New York Knicks. One of, one of the three of us was going to be upset about how this draft night went just based on the history of the franchises for which, of which we are fans. So seems like it's the Knicks night to take their lumps, but Albert, not the best birthday present you could ask for, but hopefully the Knicks pick someone at 42 who you're a fan of to try and salvage some of this night. I just, I just need everyone to notice how um, from the last time that Alex and I were on the screen, both of us have changed. Uh, I think both of us needed to do something, but, um, I feel, I feel terrible. Um, and I feel more terrible about everything, but, um, I saw who the Knicks are taking here. So I feel better about it, but Alex, I think both of us will laugh because it's such a tips pick. Uh, I don't know if it came up for you yet. It hasn't come up yet, but my, my stream is loading Mark Tatum going to the podium now. So let's see who the Knicks pick is. Probably such a Trevor Keels. It's such a tips. Trevor Keels. There we go. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Alex, well your done, thoughts on the most tips pick possible. Uh, you know, I actually tweeted out before the draft. Uh, like, I think Trevor Keels is going to out, you know, pace his draft selection. Um, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be on the Knicks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he was like a lights out shooter in high school. And obviously the Duke season, he only shot, I don't know, like, 30% from three or something like that. So if you hope the shooting comes back, I like it a lot more. Um, you know, definitely a tips guy, uh, workhorse uh, on the defensive end, really gets into guys really strong. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind this pick. I, I I like that they actually picked somebody. So that's yeah. a change of pace <laughs> for, for this draft. But uh, no, they just have a lot of guards, right? Like, yeah. he, like they just took um mcbride last year who's right. a similar archetype to trevor keels so you know obviously not going to draft around a guy like deuce mcbride or anything like that but it's just another kind of guard in their rotation who i'm not sure kind of how he fits long term with the with the roster the la clippers pick is in but albert before we get to that pick your thoughts here trevor keels no i i, I i'm I'm just right there with Alex. I think for me, guys, more than anything else, uh, we're getting a lot of rumors about the Knicks going after Jalen Brunson or Malcolm Bragdon or whatever. I actually, I don't know, man. I actually don't think those are the guys that we end up with. Something feels weird and something feels off. Um, I don't know what is going to end up happening, but we did walk away with a ton of even more draft capital. And we already had a good amount, but regardless, something's going on. I don't know what it is. If we just put keel in a vacuum i like keels a lot um cory talks about him all the time after he watched him live and how he, he just put ty ty washington behind bars and could do absolutely nothing against him so um i like keels a lot man and i think and i'm with what you guys said i think he's gonna be a good shooter uh, i think he just needs some time shasta rucker who just left it takes time. Uh, there we go <laughs> it takes time it takes time but let's talk about the clippers 
Yeah, I mean, look, given that EJ Liddell was picked at 41, I think he's someone who would have made a ton of sense for the Clippers to take. So, oh, wow. My guy, Musa Diabate, going to the Clippers yeah. here. Wow. I love okay. this pick. That's nice. He has, That's really good. He has exceptional defensive potential, especially as a switch guy. And, man, he could just shore up the middle for this Clippers team. And he's someone who I think could play rotation minutes right away. And if the jump shot comes around for him, he's going to be really dangerous. Serge Ibaka replacement. Mm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in the jump shot too. Like he showed good touch. I think it's it's going to be there. And and this hey, this Clippers team with all the wings that they have, adding him to kind of be well, well he be what Zubach's backup, right? I I like it, man. I like it a lot. So Atlanta is in theory on the board here at 44, but apparently we are getting word from Kevin Black here that Golden State has bought this pick from the Atlanta Hawks. So they took Patrick Baldwin Jr. at 28th overall. I was on the stream for that absolute ridiculousness of the Warriors, the rich getting richer with the Warriors here. So we're about to see what happens with pick 44, but I'm sure it's going to be someone who turns out to be a future rotation player, starter, probably all-star. It's the Warriors, right? (laughs) Probably Kendall Brown, right? That would be my guy that I'd target. Oh, man. That's just devastating if it's Kendall Brown. Kendall Brown cutting off ball on this Warriors team, you know, developing his defensive game, playmaking. That's that's, that's evil right there. It makes It makes too much sense. I don't like it. I want them to pick someone who doesn't make sense. <laughs> Albert, I think you're mute. Sorry, my bad, guys. I was, I was thinking, what about Jabari Walker here as uh, maybe a little insurance if they lose uh, Kevon Looney? Um could be interesting. Oh, wait, actually. I pick think is in. It is. Oh, no. It's Jesus Ryan Rollins. <laughs> Just adding to that, like, pool party lineup. Oh. Just bucket getting. I like it. This is this is unbelievable. Wow. Oh, what, is, what is this? It's, uh, well, Ryan Rollins is going to be an all-star, so I guess Corey's going to be really happy in about five, six years or so. This is, this is unreal. Interesting. That's an int- I did not see them going after Rollins, especially with the emergence of Poole this year. Do they not? Yeah, well, I mean, they did it with Jordan Poole. Maybe they think they can do it again with Ryan Rollins. You know, just keep keep rotating in guys who are picked late, massively over exceed expectations, and oh go from gosh. there. This is insane, guys. What are we watching? Oh, no, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I would have went like a Kendall Brown, like a bigger wing, uh, personally. But I mean, I'm not going to knock the Warriors. They obviously know more about basketball than I do. Um, but no, I, I think I, I like Ryan Wellens, smooth score, like yeah. playing off of Steph and playing off of Clay and all those guys. I think he's going to get open shots. So um, I think good landing spot. All right, pick is in for the Hornets at 45. So. We will see who they add to their draft hall here. So mm-hmm. hopefully going to get Mark Tatum on the clock soon to mm-hmm. see this pick. Do you think, do you think Kendall Brown's the guy here, Albert? Or I mean, it could be. Here? It could be. Guys, it's kind of crazy to think that Kendall Brown's still on the board here. Not that like, I think it's like wrong or anything, but there was a time early in the college basketball season where I think we had Kel- uh, Kendall Brown like, sixth on our big board or something like that on our collective yeah, big board. Yeah, six or seven, if I'm remembering right. It's crazy that we're here at pick. What what pick is this? What number are we at now? 45. 40, we're at 45. 
to be at 45 and Kendall Brown's just there and there's like a real possibility that he doesn't get taken here is pretty insane. It's a real uh, fall from grace uh, for Kendall Brown. But at the same time, I get it. He had a weird season. Um, and obviously, you know, you, we, we've mentioned like the cutting and stuff. Okay, it looks like the pick is in, so let me shut up. But um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just... Okay, yeah. Going to Mark Tatum mm-hmm. for the pick. Survey says. Oh, there it is. Oh, Maxwell is going to be very happy about mm-hmm. Josh Minot being the pick here for the Charlotte Hornets. I love it. So, Alex, your thoughts on Josh Minot going here? I love it. Take like another athletic swing on a guy next to LaMelo, like a Miles Bridges uh, adjacent type of athlete. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, you're this late in the draft. Take a swing on a high upside guy. You already got Mark Williams to pair with LaMelo earlier in the draft. He just took uh, Bryce McGowan's, right? He just went to Charlotte, too. Um, or is that Memphis? I don't remember. Um, but Someone no, I, who was traded 74 times before yeah, the pick ended up in Charlotte. I can't keep up. But, no, I, I like I like Josh Minot at this you know value. I think I had him, like, right at 45 on my board. So, um, I think this, this is good. And I think it would be a lot of fun watching him with LaMelo. Albert, your thoughts here before we get to pick 46, which is going to the Portland Trailblazers in one of the trades from earlier tonight. I, I think the biggest thing for me is grabbing Minot at 45 is way better than reaching for him in the at the end of the first round, which is what I thought might happen. And we heard some rumblings about that. So him going 45, I have no problem with that at all. I actually, I just barely had a draftable grade on him. I had him 59th on my board. But I don't think he's bad. It's just yeah, he was a little bit lower on my board. And I, like Alex said, I think you take a swing for a guy who's that athletic, who played on a weird Memphis team with no real point guard. Um, it's exciting. Well, exciting, maybe. Uh, but there's potential there. Uh, and you give him a shot and you give him some minutes and you give him, he's going to play in the G League for sure. sure. So um, I don't mind it at all. And once again, I think the slot that where he was taken is way better than where people were talking about on draft Twitter. So I'm cool with it. All right. So the pick is in for the trailblazers here, still at commercial break, at least on my end. So we'll get to that pick in a minute, but Alex, who's still highest on your board that hasn't gone yet. Who do you think this might be for Portland? Uh, I mean, we mentioned Kendall Brown. He's I think the highest on my board who hasn't gone yet. Uh, Him. Uh, Alondis Williams is another guy, Justin yes. Lewis, yeah. um, yeah. Darion Sebron. Those are just a few names that, you know, all kind of make sense and all are in this range for me. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Alondis Williams and Iverson Molinar are the two guys who are highest on my board right now that are still available. I think either of those guys make a ton of sense for Portland in very different ways, but, you know, both guys who I think can be, backup slash third point guard sooner rather than later. And, you know, someone who can sort of help shore up Portland's guard rotation behind Damian Lillard. So either of those guys here, I think would make a lot of sense. Albert, uh, what about you? Who do you still have on your board that might make sense here for Portland? I mean, I think it's interesting that it's us three because the three of us have liked this. We've liked him for some time. Hyunjung Lee, obviously he had a foot injury and it looks like he's going to be out for a while. Uh, I imagine he probably goes undrafted now, but he's still pretty high on my board. Uh, Yam Montero, I had him 39th on my board. He's still on the board. Uh, Alex mentioned Alondis Williams. You guys both did. Um, Also, like guys like Jordan Hall, uh, Julian Champagny, 
Trevion Williams, like all those guys. Um, and one for me that I know, Nick, that you love is Isaiah Mobley. Um, he's still yes. up there. And I and I, I still think yeah. he deserves to get drafted. Um, I know I, this is not like a popular take, but I actually had Mobley higher on my board than David Roddy. Uh, I'm not a big Roddy Same. guy. Um, and I had Mobley at like 52 on my board, 53, and I had Roddy 54. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Mobley's worth a flyer, especially at this part of the draft. I think he's going to shoot it well enough. He's got he's a good passer, um, obviously good genes. So, um, yeah. So word is that Portland is sending this pick to Denver. So it'll be interesting to see. Now it's Denver on the board here with this pick. Pick is in. Looks like we're coming back from commercial break any moment now. So we're about to see who it is that Denver adds to their draft hall. I think Denver's had a really interesting night so far. I really like Peyton Watson at 30 for them. And right. it'll be it'll be intriguing to see who ends up being the pick here, which has now been traded twice. <laughs> And and Metcalf is saying that he thinks Minot is actually going to the Wolves. Oh, uh, in that it was in that Bryce McGowan's trade potentially. Oh, uh, okay, that makes. If sense. that is wrong, then blame. Oh, guys, Ishmael Kamagate is the there pick is. here for Denver. for Denver. Wow. All right, I I really like this pick for them. I think he makes a ton of sense as a longer term center option for. Denver, I'm not sure how he fits in terms of, you know, him being a backup to Nikola Jokic because they're pretty different players, but definitely someone who I think is worth taking a swing on here at 46. Albert, your thoughts on Ishmael Kamagate to looks like the Denver Nuggets. So I was never really high on Kamagate. I, I remember there was like a time in the, you know, during the whole draft season, whatever, where a lot of people were higher on him. I, I never wavered and I always had um, guys like Coloco Kessler above him. But once again, we're at that part of the draft. He's a raw center, good size, good athleticism. So I, I guess he's worth taking a taking a flyer on. But he, I think he's super raw, in my opinion. Um, maybe you guys can change my mind on him. But I wasn't super high on him. But once again, the slot is good. So you might as well. So I was a little higher on him than you, it seems like. I definitely agree that he's raw. He has room to develop. But, I mean, you know, especially at this point in the draft, given his athletic tools, you know, I think it's something that makes a lot of sense, especially given that their starting center is not exactly the most athletic center in the NBA. So, you know, it makes sense from that front. But, Alex, what about you? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I had him at 35, so I was a little higher on him than this spot. So I think there's pretty good value to get him. I mean, yeah, he's the ultimate, like, tools big right now. You mentioned he's raw with, like, some fundamentals and stuff like that. But he's long. He's athletic. Some of the dunks and blocks that he had this season are probably some of the best like highlight tape that you, that you can find from a prospect, uh, essentially a center um, in this in this draft. So I think you know getting a, a backup center at this spot um, is pretty good value. We've seen yeah. teams kind of reach at the end of the first round for backup centers um, in the past, where you know you might not get as much value. So getting them in the mid second round and getting a guy who I think has has some decent amount of upside as well. Um, is is a pretty good pick here. All right, the pick appears to be in at forty seven. We just went to commercial break on ESPN, so presumably a little bit before we actually find out who the pick is here. I wonder if they're thinking of Kamagate as maybe a draft and stash guy in yeah. Memphis. Yeah, you know, maybe they just you know let him stay over in Paris for a year or two more before he actually comes over to the NBA, but the pick is in and it is Vince Williams jr. Out of VCU. 
This is such a Memphis Grizzlies. So, yeah, Memphis ah, is just like it. hammering the weird picks that just are going to all work out. Like they're all going to be ah. solid role players. Guys, they're okay. Holy crap! For them to walk away with, they got Laravia too, right? After yeah. the trade and everything, yeah. Laravia and Vince Williams Jr. and Roddy add, and well and Candy Chandler, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm just talking about like those two wings. Adding them to that squad is yeah. awesome. That is, I love Vince Williams Jr. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about the shooting because I feel like the stroke is a little strained for me or a little mechanical. I don't know, but the playmaking with him is awesome. And he's just like, he's like one of these like, he's one of these chunkier guys that I really like. Like he he uses his chunkiness to his advantage, I think. Um, but I love Vince Williams Jr. Here, I know Maxwell is a big uh, fan of his, but um, I love the pick. I think it's a great, it's great value here too. So Minnesota was picking here at 48. Apparently this pick is being sent to the Indiana Pacers pick is in here. But before we get to this pick, Alex, what are your thoughts on the selection we just saw with Vince Williams Jr. Going to Memphis, continuing to fill out their roster of incredibly versatile switchable defenders. Yeah, exactly. I think he's going to slot in and be kind of, you know, a nice role-playing piece for them. Uh, I do the shooting. I'm, I'm with Albert. I think the numbers are fantastic from this last right. season, but I think he'll need to adjust it a little bit to just get it off quicker, get off more consistent. Um, I do like the playmaking, the defense. I, I, he's a really, really solid defender. He's not the quickest, uh, you know, first step. So he can get beat off the dribble, but I think playing in like a team concept, uh, he'll like excel at. And I think, Having a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. to kind of clean up messes uh, behind him is 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 great for you know young rookies to learn from. So I think uh, he'll fit right in. And Memphis has you know have has a long track record of just having their draft picks work out and just outpace their their draft slots. So um, I'm excited to see Vince Williams be a 10 year you know 12 year veteran in the NBA. Yeah, there we go. That's that's exactly what it's going to be. He's going to be an eighth man on the Memphis Grizzlies for the next. 10 years. So right, right in pen right now, you know, has, has Jan Montero been drafted yet? Not he yet. has not been drafted. He's still on the board, yeah. which I don't know. I, I had him fall out of my first round, but I had him as an early mm-hmm. second round guy. So he's definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Someone who has fallen a lot further than I would have expected. It's funny. Basically the top of my second round on my board is all guys who've kind of fallen a bit. I guess, I mean, I had Trevion Williams higher than a lot of people as an early second round guy. And I guess I'm not as surprised that he's still hasn't been picked, but I mean, Kendall Brown's still on the board. Yan Montero still on the board. And of course, Hyun Jung Lee still on the board. Alondis. Alondis. Well, Alondis. Yeah. yeah, I was even higher on than that actually. So, (laughs) Well, this pick is going to Indiana, right? Yes. This pick is apparently going to Indiana. Pick is in. We're about to find out who this is that Indiana is picking up here with this former Timberwolves pick. <laughs> be interesting. I'm trying to think who it is that Metcalf would want the most here. Cause that's probably going to be the pick given how the Timberwolves night has gone from his perspective. Anyway, Who's I should be kinder. I mean, the Kings had a good night for the first time, literally ever. And <laughs> now it's like taking it out on everybody else. who's having, who's having a, Poor night. Oh, Kendall Brown. There we go. There it is. Oh, Kendall off Brown. The board. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, so that's a really good pick. They walk away with Matherin, 
Nemhard and Kendall Brown. That's not that's bad. A good prop. Yeah. Him cutting off Tyrese Halliburton is just going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, there's, there's a part of me that will certainly shed a tear every single time Kendall Brown cuts the rim for an alley from Tyrese Halliburton. But yeah, this, this is a pick that makes a lot of sense. I think he can be in Indiana's rotation sooner rather than later. Albert, let's yeah. throw to you for more in-depth thoughts. Kendall Brown here. I mean, once again, we've talked a bunch about the cutting, which is real. He's a he's a he's really athletic, like really freaking athletic, and that de- it deserves to be mentioned that it's a real thing. And obviously, once again, at this slot, getting a guy this athletic who was rated as highly as he was at one point during the college basketball season, I think it's good value. Uh, I I, I want to ask you guys because I'm not a shot doctor. I, I I'm trying to get there. I'm not there yet. What do you guys think about the shooting with Kendall Brown? Because I think there he's had moments, but a lot is going on there with him. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, maybe, Alex, if you can go first. Yeah, I think it's it's very mechanical, and he needs time to get it off. So early in the season, I think that was one thing where he was knocking down pretty much all of his threes because they were just wide-open corner set shots. And <laughs> – you know, he just didn't take a lot of them. I don't think he's comfortable yeah. taking them right now. So he needs to get more comfortable, needs to get it released a little bit quicker. I don't think he'll ever be kind of an off the dribble, dribble shooter creator, which I don't think he needs to be, right? I think he just needs to be able to attack closeouts, use that athleticism on cutting, uh, catch lobs. I, I would like to see him a little bit more in like the pick and roll um, because I think he'd be a great lob man. But in terms of the shooting, you know, I don't really you know fully buy in, but I think he'll get to a place where he's he'll be a respectable catch and shoot guy and just be able to attack those closeouts. Agreed. I am very much not a shot doctor, so I'm not going to pretend to be, but I think <laughs> that Alex made the point that, you know, I think really the thing for him is he just needs to be able to spot up from the corners and knock those down with confidence. And, you know, for me, I think attempt rate is almost as important as actual percentage with three pointers. You know, if you're taking one wide open three per game and you hit 35% of them, congratulations. But, you know, you actually, yeah. to be able to actually space out the defense, you need to be able to do more than that and just be left wide open. So I think it'll take time with a shot. There we go. It takes time. Actually, yet another, actually, yet another, it takes time. Had to get there. Actually, guys, I'm pretty shocked because ESPN just had it up there and I totally just blanked on this. Justin Lewis is still on the board. And Justin Lewis was a guy who was getting some first round buzz and a guy that I really, really liked. I'm actually pretty shocked he's still there. Um, Well, the pick is in for Cleveland at 49, so maybe it'll be Justin Lewis. But they took one of my favorite fits in this draft period with Ochai at 14th mm -hmm, overall. And they also took Khalifa Jop with the 39th overall pick. So I really like Cleveland's draft so far. Jop wasn't someone I was quite as high on, but he certainly you know, another athletic center worth taking a swing on in the second round. So we'll see who they go with here at 49, whether it's, you know, another serious swing or someone more like Igbaji, someone who they think can maybe contribute sooner rather than later. Isaiah Mobley. Look at that. uh, My stream's a little behind yours. Oh, Oh, you're, yeah, I'm way behind Uh, you guys. uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Mobley brothers. All right. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. So we got we got two Jalen Williams on the scene. Yes, I see. Wow, my stream finally caught up. That's awkward. <laughs> oh man, I lo- I love this so much. He, 
man. The thing with Isaiah Mobley is I think a lot of people pegged him as a center, which is not what I think he is. But if you put him in power forward, you let him switch across the lineup, you let him spot up, you let him be a playmaker. He has one of the best handles for any 6'10 guy in this draft. I love the pick here for Cleveland, but admittedly I'm biased. So (laughs) Alex, why don't you give your thoughts on Isaiah Mobley to the Cleveland Cavaliers here? So Cleveland does know you don't have to just draft big men, right? Like, <laughs> th- there are other positions. Hey, they took Agbaji, man. They- <laughs> I know, I know. But they have a lot of big men now. Um, yes, but no, I, I, Isaiah Mobile, I like him overall. I think he's, you know, smooth post-scorer. Uh, I like, I actually buy the shot. Um, Same. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't, 100%. I might buy it more than Evan Mobley's shot, to be honest. Um, wow, that I love that. Is I don't know. Like from three, maybe. I don't know. Um but I think he's fine. I think he's going to be, you know, a you know, rotational piece. I don't think he's ever going to be like a starting level yeah. four or five. But, you know, when you already have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley on the team, you don't really need a starting level guy at those positions. So if they just drafted their, you know, future four and five backups in the second round, I think that's fine. And, you know, take it from there. You have a Baji now uh, kind of rounding out your guard rotation. So, you know, solid draft. Albert, I need more enthusiasm. This Mobley pick is way too good to get this <laughs> low level of enthusiasm from Alex here. <laughs> sell the world, sell the world. Join me on the Isaiah Mobley train. Uh, no, for me, I, I love Mobley. I, I got to see him play live yeah. in Vegas. Um, it wasn't his best game, but even it, even though it wasn't his best game, he was very influential, had an impact on the game. He was drawing the attention of the defense constantly. Um, I actually really love what Alex said about the shooting because I, I'm of the same boat. I really do believe in him as a shooter. And I know this is really corny, uh, but I like the idea of him playing with his brother. And I think, you yeah. know, they did it at USC. They could do it again. And the reason why I think they can do it again is because of how um versatile they are offensively both of them you know obviously with Mobley oh sorry I shouldn't have said Mobley uh obviously (laughs) with Evan and Isaiah but Isaiah for sure like he showed he flashed a lot of playmaking and so for him to do that at that size and as Alex said if he's like your eighth guy coming off the bench backing up Jared Allen or Evan Mobley that it's great value I I really do think he's going to be one of these guys that easily outplays his draft um slot uh, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a really, really big fan. All right, so Mateo Spagnolo just went 50th overall pick. I believe is still held by the Timberwolves. Probably a draft and stash for him, but he's someone who, you know, definitely if he had dropped out of the draft and come back in next year, he might have been someone who was even considered a potential first-round pick rather than, you know, in the 50s here. So, I don't know. I like the value here for Minnesota. I'm presuming he's a draft and stash, but... Who knows? Maybe he comes over and is in the rotation sooner rather than later. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I like him. He's like on my all fun team uh, for this draft. He's got some of the best highlights. Uh, great passer, uh, pretty good shooter as well. Uh, defensively, he's okay, but he's I think he just turned 19 in January or earlier this year. So he's still young. So that's why he'll probably at least stay one year overseas, I would imagine, before coming over. Um yeah, but I, I like at 50, I think that's great value. Um, you know, you're getting one of the better playmakers in this class. I think the Timberwolves, you know, can use some more playmaking at the guard position. You never know. D'Angelo Russell is kind of up in the air. Yeah. seems like his future isn't, you know, too, too long with uh, Minnesota. So they could be, you know, in need with for a point guard sooner rather than later. So you never know if he can come over and fill that gap. 
All right, we are at pick 51 here going to the Atlanta Hawks. So we are going to swap out our guests for the final time tonight before we run down the last picks in the draft. Alex, Albert, condolences on the Knicks draft. Albert, happy birthday. And to both of you and to everybody who's listened along on the stream so far, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you. Any final words before y'all sign off? NBA Top Shot, go sign up. Top Shot. (laughs) Use the link. There you go. Use the link in the chat, pinned to the top of the chat. If you haven't yet, please do. All right, Corey, Maxwell, we are here. It is the end of the draft. Both Maxwell and I have shed our blazers and moved into full slob mode here with the final two picks. <laughs> it's, so, it's casual hours here. We're at the very end. Here. We're deep in the mud. There's some real talent still left on the board, though. Like this is oh, this yeah. is pretty exciting. And I'm I'm really intrigued to start seeing how the undrafted stuff plays out because there are some real guys out here that I thought had a chance to get get some guaranteed money. You would go the draft sicko route and immediately say, let's go to the undrafted free agents while there are still picks on the board. <laughs> that's that's top tier draft sicko stuff right there. Appreciate that from you. Mm-hmm. Corey, who's the top right. guy left on your board at this point? Top guy left on my board is Iverson Molinar. Okay. Oh, I think you're on mute. Corey. Off the top of my head, probably Montero. Um, Trevion Williams is is pretty high on my board as well. Um, yeah. Both of those guys are up there for me too. Yeah, so I, I would say probably those are the two guys. Oh, Maxwell, your boy, Tyrese Martin going here. 51. All yeah, right. We got to throw to you for this one. We got to yeah, throw to you for this So one. I didn't, I didn't have him super high on my board just because I, it's like kind of weird to rank guys at a certain point. Um, but I think winning teams like Tyrese Martin is absolutely the type of guy that they should be looking at in the second round. Um, one of the most has that dog in him type players in this draft. Unbelievable second effort on the offensive glass. Tremendous rebounder for his size. Guards pretty well. Like he's more of like a solid defender than a great one, uh, but a really good three point shooter. And at Portsmouth in the various combine events, he did a really nice job of showing off his playmaking. He was bringing the ball up the court at G League Elite Camp. Uh, Portsmouth, he he just put Justin Bean on an all time poster. Uh, he really really gets up and has a lot of vertical pop. I think that's like the area where you can really untap things in this offensive game is getting him to do more as a cutter. Um, but he's he's a really just nice, solid player who's not going to make mistakes. Corey, your thoughts here before we get to pick 52, which given all the trades, maybe it's not actually New Orleans here, but I'm going to assume it's New Orleans here because that's what it says on TV. Uh, I'd like to correct myself from earlier that um, Justin Lewis is actually the highest guy ranked on my board that is still available. Uh, yeah, I think that um, what I like about Martin – I. I think he has to speed it up, but I think he's got a pretty stroke. And I think that, you know, for Atlanta, just get guys who could shoot, do a little bit of, you know, everything. So um, to me, this part of the draft, just go with who you feel is the best player on your board. I, I, I don't discriminate against any front offices making their, you know, going out and getting their guy here. It's all a shot. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I think anybody who wants to, you know, learn more about Martin, who's still rocking with us at this point, uh, like Maxwell did a great piece on him at NoSealingsNBA.com, uh, which you should subscribe to because we're going to still mm-hmm. give you some content in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Oh, yes, we will be heavy on the post-draft content and, of course, heavy on the Summer League content as well. New Orleans here at 52. They made, I think, the best selection of the second round, taking EJ Liddell at 41. Somehow EJ Liddell fell to 41. I'm still processing that, but we'll see who they go with here at 52. I don't think it can live up to the EJ Liddell expectations, but, you know, if that's who they're starting with here. I think, I think that's a pretty good shot to start out the second round. So we'll see who it ends up being here when ESPN gets back from commercial. But Maxwell, I'm going to throw to you. What are your thoughts on EJ Liddell falling as far as he did? I was still in. Like, he, yeah. he was easy top 20 for me. Um, Same. Just like the, the type of rock solid guy that, that you like to have on any team uh, who, who can play that four spot and guard down a little bit and, and offer some room protections. So I was stunned. Um Oh, yeah. Okay. Another person you've written about recently here, Carla Makovic is the pick here Mm -hmm. for the New Orleans Pelicans. So, Maxwell, go all in. This is your part of the draft (laughs) right here. This is the draft. I love these dudes. Uh, So, Makovic is is a really nice center. He's got some real nice bounce off the ground. Um, I think the swing area with him is going to be his shooting. Um, he shot really well at some of the combine events and he he showed some nice mid range touch in his games for Mega. Um, so it is like a po- real distinct possibility that he might be a guy who shoots um, defensively. He's solid. He, he can get up and block shots. He's very good at playing the cat and mouse and pick and roll. Not quite a switchable guy, but knows how to play that kind of center field role and can definitely play out of a drop and you feel comfortable with him. Uh, he is a little bit stubby for a center. Um, so just that's like one thing to keep in mind. I think he's only like 6'10". His, his wingspan and standing reach aren't crazy, um, but just solid, smart player has some nice passing to him. Uh, there's a world where he becomes a good backup center in the NBA. Corey, your thoughts on Carl Makovich here? Nick, is there a shot that this is the best mega prospect that was selected tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just dagger directly into the heart. I see how it is here. The Kings have a good night for once, so you have to find another way to shank me. I really appreciate it. Beautiful work there. I've been holding that in. For, I mean, it, it's not that long. It's been like 45 seconds, but I just, I, <laughs> it, the, the, the joy that it, it, you know, I felt letting that flow out of me was tremendous. Um, he looked good in, in his, uh, in the Jonathan Gavoni, uh, combine workout. So, um, I mean, does he, co- he probably doesn't come over right away, right? Like, Got it. He- I think he's like a little older than you think. I think he's Wait, he might already be twenty one. Andrew Lopez is reporting that the Pelicans are going to stash him. Okay, okay. Because because he was wasn't he? Yeah, he was the person who like pulled out and then like went back in within the same day. Like he announced that he was withdrawing, so it would make sense that he'd be okay just chilling out for a year if he was strongly considering it anyway. All right, the Boston Celtics are on the board here at fifty third overall so let's see who tyler rucker's nba championship losing boston celtics go with here the 53rd <laughs> overall pick we're just firing shots and everywhere so cruel <laughs> hey man if Corey's gonna take that uh if Corey's gonna take that mega shot i, I gotta take some shots here at the celtics you take the shots that you get oh uh, my oh uh, uh, oh my god <laughs> swinging for the fences baby let's go J.D. Davison with the 53rd overall pick. Um, I, I will say up front that he was not someone who I had a draftable grade on. So <laughs> this is this is interesting, but I did have him in my top 80. I'll say that. I will not say any more. Corey, what are your thoughts on J.D. Davison being the selection here at 53rd for the Boston Celtics? I actually think this is a good pick, to be completely honest. 
Um, he is probably the most athletic. Less on it then. Uh, he, <laughs> look, he's the most athletic guard in the draft. I think that we're. It, it almost got to a point that we've underrated him. Uh, he did not go in and try to be the main guy. He accepted his role. He did a, like he he averaged four rebounds, four assists a game. So it's you know he he was filling it up. He's a big physical guard. I, I think that his shot is more workable than you would think it is. Like I I think there are things mechanically. He, he needs to tweak, but it's not like so far off. I think if, if you go to an organization like the Boston Celtics, you have that hard nose coaching, the winning culture that they've cultivated. This is the kind of shot that could really pay off. Like I think that JD Davison, maybe not next year, but you know, uh, down the line, I think he could be a rotation guy for them. I'm not sure that he solves the ball control issues, the turnover issues that Boston experienced in the playoffs at all. As a matter of fact, I know he doesn't, but I just yes. think from a strictly talent perspective, <laughs> this is the kind of bet that I think is really smart uh, to make this late in the draft because there's no way you could question his talent. Would you have liked to see him return to school and make that leap? Would you have liked to see him play in the combine games uh, in a loose, unstructured setting that is probably geared towards his play style? Of course. But uh, at the end of the day, he lands with the team that just played in the finals and, you know, he, he's got a lot of really talented guys to learn from, some of which, you know, were a little bit raw coming in. And I think he gives them a different dimension off the bench from that spot with his athleticism, something that Peyton Pritchard, you know, doesn't give them. So I think it's actually a, a pretty good pick here for, for the Celtics. J.D. Davison and Jason Tatum can certainly teach each other a lot about turning the ball over. But Maxwell, your thoughts here for the Celtics going with J.D. Davison before we get to yeah. the Wizards pick, which is now in at 54. Yeah, uh, just real quick. I, I'm on the same page as Corey. I think he's worth a swing. He does have a lot of issues that need to be panned out. I think the G League will be good for him. I think the Celtics organization will be good for him. I like I like Ime Yudoka a lot as a coach, and I think that he can do a pretty good job of masking issues. So. I think I think it's worth a worth a shot. He's got probably the highest upside of a lot of guys left. So go for it. Washington Wizards going with Yannick Sosa at fifty fourth overall. Not someone I was particularly high on, but I think this swing makes a lot of sense for them. Corey, your thoughts? Uh, it it makes a lot of sense. This is a guy who is the top ten pedigree. I think that betting on top ten pedigree is at this part of the draft is a, a smart move. He's young um, and he adds to the legion of foreign players in Washington, the uh, United Nations, I think is Albert build them, which I enjoy, but I, I really do think that defensively he is pretty, you know, he's got the potential to be special on that end. The way he moves as fluidly as he does on that end, I think is pretty impressive. He's got to put on weight. Um, he's got to be more physical, but, and, and offensively he's, I mean, he's so far away. Uh, but as long as he just learns how to, set a solid screen and become a lob threat and just run really fast to the rim. I mean, why not take a shot on somebody who could be a special defender? I, to me, it's, it, this is a, another good upside play, not the guy I would have taken, but also we have to remember at this part of the draft for everybody who's still watching with us, shout out to everybody in the chat, make sure you give us a like uh, and sign up for NBA top shot. But you have to remember that there are also agents who are pushing guys to not be drafted right now. Mm -hmm. um because they want to sign guaranteed two-way deals so uh, you know some of the guys that we think maybe should be going over these players they're having their agents say hey please don't draft us we would like to you know go in and, and pick our own team so at this point i think sosa is a, a good bet 
I think that Jan Montero almost certainly falls into the camp at this point of we're just going to try and get him mm-hmm. to a good undrafted free agent situation. Man, I mean, we sort of skipped over this with the J.D. Davison situation, but I think there are a lot of point guards who could have gone ahead of him at 53rd that maybe are being considered in that undrafted free agent camp. I mean, we've talked about Alondis Williams for a while now, and he's, I think, someone that might also fall into that bucket. So it'll be interesting to see where those guys end up in terms of undrafted free agent contracts, or maybe one of them ends up going here at 55 to the Golden State Warriors, who... Corey, you were on with me when they picked Patrick Baldwin Jr. at the end of the first round. So he's clearly going to be an all-star. So, (laughs) you know, yet another presumable all-star pick coming here for Golden State at 55. Well, uh, Woj is reporting they're working to trade out of it, but there's no actual trade lined up for them. So they still might be making the pick. I I mean, I love the Warriors draft so far. They got Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins. These are, you know, two guys that uh, I've really favored in the draft. Uh, they're identifying talent. So whether or not they actually make this pick or not, I think that there are some talented guys left on the board. Certainly uh, a number of them that are you know ranked in my second round range. So uh, I'll be interested to see if they could tr- who they would trade it to and who they or the team picking for them would target. But I, there's still a number of, you know, for all you draft sickos out there, there are a number of interesting guys left on the board. And for all you draft sickos out there, Brian Q just asked in the chat, are you guys covering the undrafted free agent two-way signings post-draft too? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we are covering those guys. We will be covering those guys in depth, of course, because we are no ceilings and we have the preeminent draft sicko on the stream with us right now. So, yes, I can guarantee you that those undrafted free agent guys and two-way guys will be getting coverage here from the no ceilings crew. The pick is in for the Golden State Warriors at 55 So it'll be interesting to see who they add to their hall of Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins here, assuming they don't end up moving on from that pick. I'm really hoping it's Trevion. Like I have guys higher than him on my board, but just from like a fit standpoint, like that just, that's so appealing to me. I I mean, yeah, yeah, the passing, uh, you know, like that, it would be amazing. It would be, it would be tremendous. I think Corey and I are the two biggest Trevion Williams guys at No Ceilings. So mm-hmm. him ending up with the Warriors at 55 is, it's, man, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Corey, this is your team right here in terms of the draft picks tonight. If, if they went with Trevion, that would certainly be my team. Uh, but I mean, you I mean have just to with Ryan Rollins alone. I, I'm, I'm very excited. And I think he's going to spend a lot of time in the G League next year. Um, but we've seen that path really work out for them. And, and with Poole getting poss- probably a very big extension, at some point you got to think, you know, they're going to want to not pay $500 million for their rosters. So, uh, it, you know, they need to get these young guys, um, this young core, some valuable minutes. And, and it'll probably happen in the G League. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a team also that makes good use of their G League squad in terms of development and getting minutes for guys who wouldn't necessarily get those minutes in the rotation for this very heavily loaded recent title winning team. So be interesting to see who they add here. Again, the pick is in. ESPN is going through just how much money this roster is going to cost, which <laughs> you know, stacking up bills on the Warriors court, which is, I mean, Warriors ownership has said they're totally so fine with that. for so, it. Know, yeah, I wish, like, I'm sure, well, Corey, like, being a Bulls fan, like, I'm sure that this is something that 
you wish you'd seen out of Bulls ownership for like the several years where they were financial champions and not paying the luxury tax. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's anytime you're a team, especially when you're winning, you have to pay it. Uh, I always want to push back slightly. I mean, there's the cash consideration jokes for the Bulls, mm-hmm. but like Derek Rose being injured really hampered like the kind of spending that would have made sense um, mm-hmm. to put them over the top without Derek Rose and with that dead money just being on the cap, it was always going to be hard, but yeah, obviously if Reinsdorf could open up, you know, the pocketbooks a little bit since, you know, Michael Jordan helped develop literally the most famous basketball worldwide brand. Um, that would be nice. Golden state going with Guy Santos from Brazil here. Another probable draft and stash guy, but someone with, Really, really high upside who, you know, if it doesn't work out, taking him here at 55 is no big loss. But yeah. Maxwell, your thoughts on Key Santos here at 55? Yeah, he was he was a late riser for me. I, like, I don't want to say I ignored him. I watched him, like, really early in the year and then didn't go back into his film until, like, this month. Um, he's really interesting. He's kind of an if-he-shoots-it guy. He moves really well laterally. He he can't jump. He kind of struggles around the basket because of that. Um but just has real interest in craft is a driver and can, can pass the ball pretty well. I like his vision. I like his feel. Um, if he can shoot, um, there's, there's a chance he just carves out a nice NBA career as a good offensive player off the bench. Um, he's pretty like thick and stocky too. Like he can pick and pop and set some screens. He's just going to need the shot to fall at a high clip, which is going to be the case for a lot of guys in this range. Yeah. Well, I mean, Golden State is one of the teams that I think I would, have high on the list of teams that I would trust to be able to develop guys shots. But Corey, your thoughts here. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't have many. I, this is somebody unlike Maxwell who I did ignore during this, this cycle. <laughs> and that's why we have Maxwell closing out the show for the draft sickos <laughs> for all of the guys that I'm like, don't know who that is. That's that he could be a made up guy. <laughs> well, it's just tough too. Cause like he, the league that he plays in, they're sort of, it's tricky because like there's sort of a lack of size but like everybody moves really well laterally so it's just it's hard to get a gauge on his athleticism and how well a lot of this stuff is going to translate for me um because like i've only you know been deep deep into the draft world for about this is like the third draft cycle that i've been into it and i don't think i've just had watch a lot of like the nbb league so it's it's just not a league where it's I don't know like you you see guys that play in Spain it's like all right I know what this league looks like I know it translated I I know it doesn't with with the Brazilian league it's just, it's it was really hard for me to get a read on it but I I think his craft and just mental ability to process the game is all there I think if he shoots it he sticks if not he doesn't so is he two years away from being two years away I uh, I think he's just one of those guys where it's just either going to happen or it's not like I don't even think there's a timeline on it like if 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 the shot goes. It, he'll be fine but i think he was like 31 percent from three i want to say this year or like 32 somewhere in that range he's just got to get that up because he's only six six and like i said he's he's not much of a leaper so pick is in for cleveland at 56th overall and maxwell i saw you frown and your stream's been way ahead of mine all night so do you know who it is already it is it is luke travers um who is another okay. like if he shoots it guy? <laughs> he 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 played in the NBL this year. Um, I think he gets compared to Joe Ingles a lot because they are both like clunky white men who played in Australia. Um, he he does everything well except put the ball in the basket. Um, he does not pick his feet up when he runs. Like he's just sort of an awkward mover on the court. 
Um, he's he's a really savvy passer for a size. He really knows where to be on defense. Uh, just a very bad outside shooter at this point in time. Uh, he's He's got to turn that around if he wants to stick in the NBA. I think because of the Ingles comparison, a lot of people love to be like, well, Joe Ingles like, didn't used to be a great shooter. And it's like, yeah, and he didn't become one until he was like 27. So do I want to draft this guy now or do I want to like wait until he figures it out and then bring him over? Like he, he was not a top 100 guy for me. And, and there is a chance, like I said, he's a very savvy player that maybe it, it works out, but I, I just don't, I don't see it happening in the near term for Luke Travers. Well, hey, at least it's not taking another center. That's something for Cleveland fans. True, yeah. <laughs> uh, he does look like a Stranger Things character, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really just make an upside-down joke for <laughs> for Australia? Uh, really? <laughs> well, it was more so the mullet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair. Is, is what yes. the, uh, the issue is. Um, yeah, you works, have big respect for his hair game. Pick is in for Portland at 57. This is another spot where I would love for it to be Trevion Williams, but maybe he's an undrafted free agent guy at this point. But we'll see. We're getting down to the bitter, bitter end of draft night, boys. It's mm-hmm. it's been a ride. It's been a ride, but we're almost really we're almost has. there. I'd, I'd like to see some Ron Harper Jr. here. Like mm-hmm. I've I've Ooh. just been a big advocate like of his that. smart positional defender, good size. We'll knock down shots, keep that floor spacing going. That's that's who I'd like to see here. Ron seems like a guy who would be in that try to go undrafted and and have his agent push him to a spot that makes sense kind of guy. I, I'm with you though. I, I yeah, you know, I went to uh, a handful of Rutgers games sitting behind the bench, and you know, he was incredibly impressive. I hit, I watched him hit that game winner from half court against Jaden Ivey. Uh, I watched him get fouled by Keegan Murray to knock down <laughs> as well. So, um, but I, I think that he's a, a big time value guy. And I, you know, he, he knows what it's like to be a pro NBA dad. Like I, I think he's a easy, like two way guy. Pick is Jabari Walker here at 57 for Portland. I love this pick for them. I mean, yeah. I think he's someone who makes a ton of sense for them in a whole lot of ways. But Corey, why don't we start with you? What are your thoughts? Jabari Walker here at 57 of the Portland Trailblazers. Great pick. This is, I, I mean, I, Jabari Walker is a guy I could have, you could have made an argument to take at the end of the first round, in my opinion. Um, you know, this is a big, you know, rangy wing who uh, is a great rebounder, uh, has shown the ability to knock down shots, uh, can dribble the ball a little bit. I, I think, you know, he's, one of these guys you should be betting on because he is actually like a guy who fits the mold of modern NBA wing. So uh, at this part of the draft, like that's a steal. I'm actually surprised. He's not one of those guys who told the team not to draft him. Uh, Maybe his agent did, but I I think this is a a really good pick for, you know, my guy Schmitz in Portland. Maxwell, your thoughts here. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Like, I, I outline the reasons for Ron Harper and like Jabari Walker is that same type of guy, but yeah. he's but he's younger and like a better rebounder. Uh, so yeah, I I, th- I don't trust his shot as much as I trust Ron's right now. But you've got to remember Jabari Walker is very young for a sophomore. Um, I think a lot of his passing stuff kind of got understated. I was really surprised going back into the film, like how much juice he had as a passer like he's not like a point forward or anything um but as far as just a guy who can can move the ball and find teammates when he swarmed he was was better in that area than i I think i gave him credit for i was i was really late to the party on him um but yeah at this stage in the draft absolutely the kind of guy you take a chance on and another guy with the the pro pedigree as well 
Yeah, I was a bit late to the party on Jabari Walker as well, but I mean, I had him above this point here. So, you know, him going 57, I think is a really good slot for him. Pick is apparently in for the Indiana Pacers, the final selection of this NBA draft night. We will talk briefly about some undrafted free agent target guys before we wrap things up here at the end of our stream. But it is the end of NBA draft night and the pick is apparently in. So we're about to hear who is the Isaiah Thomas of this draft, who I will be a fervent fan of for the entirety of their NBA career as the final selection of the 2022 Mm -hmm. NBA draft. Well, it's going to be some there are guys you know, here. Yeah, and it could be a future all-star if, if they do decide to take Kai Soto with this pick. <laughs> okay. <Hey>, easy. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't um, put him yeah. in the tags of the video. <laughs> <laughs> Big mistake on Please my part. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Maxwell, you're the one You're the one with the advanced stream. Are we getting we getting close to Mark oh, Payne walking up here? Yeah, it's, it's uh, Hugo Besson. Uh, most recently played okay. for the New Zealand Breakers. So good, good guard prospect, very good offensively. The defense is just not close to being there for me. Where, where are you guys on, uh, on Hugo? Well, the defense wasn't there for Isaiah Thomas either. So he's going to be a multiple time offside too. That's where I'm at with it. Corey, what about you? I, I love it. This I like Hugo is a guy who has clear scoring potential measured out way better than I thought he was going to at the combine. Um, I think he's comfortable getting his own shot. Uh, I don't think I'd buy the playmaking as much as people tried to peg him towards, you know, the end of the process, but, uh, he's not terrible, but, uh, any guy who could shoot it has a chance. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that he's a guy that is going to be there in playoff games. Cause I don't think his defense has a chance. Uh, you know, and that's just like, comes down to, um, his physical capabilities. Uh, but if you could shoot it, you could draft that guy with the 58th pick and especially when they can actually legitimately score and get their own shot on, you know, real guys. So yeah, why not? All right. We have gotten to the end of the 58 picks on draft night. So before we wrap things up, just going to run through some undrafted free agent targets real quick. So my top three at this point, undrafted free agent targets, Iverson Molinar, Alondis Williams and John Montero with Trevon Williams' honorable mention there. So, Corey, we'll start with you before we get to the 75 uh, draft sicko prospects that Maxwell has prepared for us. (laughs) Um, Justin Lewis, priority guy for me. Uh, Yam Montero, Ron Harper, Londis Williams, uh, Julian Champagny, I really like. Um, You know, St. John's guy, you know. Uh, Young Jung Lee, uh, you know, definitely for sure. Like, if you're talking about taking a shooter – I mean, it, I love his passing ability. I love his cutting ability. I know he's got the injury. So, uh, you know, that obviously is, is something to consider. But there are a number of guys. John Butler, who definitely could have used more time Ooh, in college, went undrafted. Um, so we'll yeah. see what happens with him. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to to follow. Uh, Darion Sebron, who, you know, was nice yeah. enough to chop it up with me. I think he's a guy who, I mean, he killed at the Combine. Like he, I thought he was one of the big winners. I'm surprised that, you know, he, he didn't get a spot. There is a lot of talent in this draft. And I think it goes to show, like, you can make an argument from like 25 on that all of these guys could have been late first to second round prospects. So we've already okay. got a wave of signings in. Lester Quinones on a two-way with the with Golden State. Colin Gillespie on a two-way with Denver. Uh, Bouye is going to play summer league with Miami, which is a nice fit. And uh, Pippen Jr. on a two-way with the Lakers. 
uh, and Sebron on a two-way with the Pelicans. So they they oh. love them some some big playmakers. Yeah. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. two-way with the Raptors. Oh, that's so great! He's gonna make it. That guy's gonna make it. Um, yeah. <laughs> there I, we go. Uh, Tevin Brown is is one for me. We're like just a guy yes. that I think I think yeah, winning teams absolutely. should look at. Just is like I think it's always 100%. nice to just have one guy who can come in and, and get hot from three. Uh, and his defense is better than a lot of those you know shooter types. Uh, Hyun Jung Lee, another guy. I, I, I'm worried about the foot with him, um, kind of holding him back. But he's tremendous. Corey, you look like you got something. What's up? Uh, yeah, the, you fist pump. What is it? The Chicago Bulls have agreed to a two way deal with Marquette's Justin Lewis. So I am oh, amped wow. about that. Uh, there we go. He might like guy, actually play. My, he might, and my guy AK is like he gets it. He sees the vision. Mm-hmm. Val, you know, versatile potential two way guys that can shoot. Uh, Nick Keon Ellis has agreed to a two way deal with the Sacramento Kings. Okay, he's someone who I came around on later in the draft process, so I'm very happy with that. Yep, he can shoot it. Um, he's interesting. Very happy um, with Justin Lewis. Would have taken him with a late first round yeah. pretty pretty easily. At, at probably a top twenty pick I could have used on him and been talked myself into it. Good moment to have the Bulls gentleman on the stream here for for that moment of <laughs> Justin Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryson Williams, another guy that I think like good teams should look at. Um, just a, a legit inside-out scorer with size. Um, and then Jonathan Williams was a guy, like another guy who snuck mm. up on me late in the process from Buffalo. Very crafty scorer, good decision maker, can knock down shots. Defense, a little, little wishy-washy. Um, but definitely a guy that I think good teams should look at as well. All right. Any other undrafted free agent signings targets here before we wrap this bad boy up? Guys, I think we covered it all. I think what we have to do <laughs> is, and, and we, there's still more to cover, but we're going to do that at no ceilings But I think what we have to do is thank everybody who watched, whether for a minute or the entirety of the stream, um, we have to thank anybody who went and signed up for NBA Top Shot. We have to thank NBA Top Shot for sponsoring, uh, you know, the No Ceilings first draft show. You know, we have been uh, a website for less than one year. And, you know, we've already got this amazing um, group of fans who, you know, trust our opinions uh, to break down all of these guys all the way through the end of the draft. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you to all of you. And then thank you to the No Ceilings team who everybody came in focused and absolutely crushed just as you all have throughout the entirety of this process for me. And I'm sure I could speak for Rucker, but we were brainchilding this experiment. I don't think, you know, we could have ever, you know, thought that we would see this much success this quickly. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a very wild ride that I, I can't wait to get back on tomorrow <laughs> yeah all right well thank you again from all of us here at the no ceilings crew for hanging out with us for some or all of this draft night it's been an incredible experience it's been an incredible year it's been an incredible draft cycle and thank you all so much again